Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. There's something about this that just feels like March the 15th. You know, well, old man, the Ides of March are here. Yes, but not yet gone. It's Election Day. Been talking about this for two flipping years. It is midterm election day all across the United States of America. You know that. I know that. I mention that only for posterity. It is the 8th day of November 2022. This is the horn. Live is where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. Whatever time it is where you are when, when you're listening to the podcast. And I thank you for listening to the podcast, for listening live, for listening to this program. However it is you may happen to choose, because it means you're part of a very select, you know, not that we're snobs or anything, but that we just happen to be a uh, select few people who live life out so far ahead of the curve that it's like we're on straight road. Hi, I'm Robin. And we shall see what that gets us uh, this afternoon. It is, in fact, uh, well, uh, if you should happen to wander by the chat room along about now, you'll be, uh, you know, if you're listening live, you'll be greeted by early arrivers Anatole and Squeaky and capably moderated by longtime and veteran, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, although he is a third-stage guild navigator, has declined to fold space and become man cave. <sighs> Here we are. Um, let's see, making sure that everything is right with the world and the settings and whatnot. And yeah, so... Uh, <clears throat> We will be doing a, uh, uh, what are we calling it, a barbecue on the front porch for election day here in about an hour or so. We'll gather together over the river and through the woods in the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves and around which we 
gather uh, for the extraordinary ordinary roundtable discussion that usually takes place on Fridays, but on certain special occasions takes place on days other than Fridays. This one, this one being one of those special occasions, we'll see uh, what's on folks' minds uh, here, there, and everywhere that folks are checking in. If you've never been part of the front porch conversation, I highly encourage you to join in and uh, and and check in on the fun and the frivolity and the uh, nervousness and maybe maybe excitement. Uh, as we uh, we wait to, well, the bottom line is what we're doing here is we're following the great American uh, biennial IQ test. We've, I've been talking about the American IQ test for almost twenty years now, and we shall find out. Uh, you know, we 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 passed the IQ test in twenty twenty. We passed it in twenty eighteen, and. Uh, we failed it in 2016, and that's the thing. It's pass-fail. There's no, there's no letter grade. We either do get this right or get this wrong and find out just how. Because the bottom line is, and I know this comes across as extremely elitist, but there are a considerable number of, and I, I don't, I, 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 I want to put use the right term, stupid people, in the United States of America, we talked about that H.L. Mencken quote in the program yesterday, namely, uh, you'll never go, the, the paraphrase is, you'll never go broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. And so we don't know how many people, we, we don't know how many people there are out there who are, uh, who have gone barking and grunting and ho- hooting and groaning and moaning and howling and screeching to the polls uh, based upon any of a number of maggot lies, distortions, half-truths, absolute untruths, and various and sundry um, levels of prevarication and mendacity. Hauling out all the big words this evening. But there's evidence to suggest that... Uh, That the stupid is, has come out to play. I want to start with a clip, actually from yesterday. Uh, I, you know, I have never ever uh, actually deliberately tuned in the Howard Stern program. Um, not a fan, but every now and then you catch a clip where it's like, yeah, well, okay, that mm, might have nailed it on this one. And this is one of those. Uh, I guess. I guess uh, Stern was sort of gobsmacked at the idea uh, that we may, at some point in time, wind up having to say "United States Senator." And it really does hang in the craw. It does, Herschel Walker. I do remember catching an interview with Stern a lot of years ago, saying, "Listen, everybody thought that I was moving to Sirius so that I could say fuck all the time." And he said nothing could be further from the truth, but apparently uh, he, uh, well, it was the only word that would really suffice in the instant. 
Everyone's just feeling really empowered to say whatever dumb fucking thing is on their brain. And then they go, oh, come on. Come on, man. Give me a, you know, come on. Free speech. Free speech. Heil Hitler. Now, let's move on. (laughs) Heil Hitler. Hitler to the Jews in the ovens. Leave me alone. I just want to say things like that. I just want to, I just want to, I want to say what I have to say. Everyone's full of ideas, all dummy. Some of these candidates that people are actually fucking Herschel Walker. Holy fuck. They're saying he's going to win in Georgia. Are you fucking dummies? There's going to be, you know, and they always talk about another civil war. Well, I think there is going to be one. I mean, how could the no. fuck could you elect that guy? You got to be out of your fucking skull. <sighs> I'm going to give you a game right now. Here's a game, Robin. We'll see how good you are. Yeah. I'm going to say Herschel Walker or Whack Packer. You tell me who said it. Uh-huh. This is, I got to say, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? I don't care what party, what you believe, what you think would be good for America. Would you really vote for this fucking I don't know what the fuck he is. I was going to say, like, mental case. I don't, But I don't even know if that's fair, the mental cases. <laughs> I just don't know. All right. They're saying he's going to win. All right. Well, good. He kind of tapped into the zeitgeist, didn't he? But then again... Uh, when you when you when you take a guy who has an accent like Howard Stern's, you know, strictly New York, and I, I all the love in the world to uh, my New York friends, but the most surefire way to bring out the stupid and cantankerous in somebody in say a Alabama or a Mississippi stand or a Georgia stand is to say, you know. Y'all are going to, y'all, y'all, you are going to be a real live dumb motherfucker if you elect that Herschel Walker. People will go to the polls and do, and, and, and vote for the idiot just for the pleasure of having put a finger in the eye of a goddamn multimillionaire from New York. And, I mean, it, that, that, that's, that's the level of stupid that is in play. The spite vote. Yeah, I know we ain't got enough brains to pour piss out of a boat with directions on the hill, but shit... I mean, that, that, New, that New Yorker feller done said we're stupid if we vote for him. Well, that, uh, you know what that means? If I could vote for him twice, I would. I'd prove to him I'm just twice as stupid. Because it's been that way for, you know, about four centuries. Here in the new 90 states of Merca, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now, today, forever in the universe, under God, amen. But, it, it, I mean, it was telling that it, it got that far under his skin, but... You know one of the things I did not realize? The guy who's the GOP nominee for Senate in New Hampshire, we talked to him, we talked about him, not to him, Lord God, I wouldn't know. Uh, but we talked about him in the last week. Don Bolduck. 
He sounds like a cartoon camp, uh, character. Bold duck. <laughs> I'm so old I can remember when there was a beverage sold called cold duck. Well, this is bold duck. Maybe it's got a little, I don't know, maybe got a little chili powder or something in it. But this this dude was an actual military ha general. This guy had lots of human beings in his in his command. And yet he will wander around openly spreading outright lies and falsehoods about bus loads of people from Massachusetts being bust in to ruin politics in the Granite State. You know, sometimes my voice reminds me a little bit of a little bit of, of, of uh, Marge Simpson's sister Selma. Sorry about that. It's a little grating, and I apologize. But uh, now the, the the guy is is was actually a commissioned officer, a general, a general, and that that's that's enough to. Give me the fan tods. Wow. Um. And the dude could actually remember, could actually wind up a member of the United States Senate right there with Herschel. Um, over at Democracy Now!, Amy Goodman interviewed uh, Sue Halpern, a staff writer with The New Yorker, who said that uh, if Maggie Hassan loses, the Democrats might well lose the Senate. She described New Hampshire as a very swingy state. How? Well, I guess we could expect, if he wins, we could expect a demand for a Senate-level committee hearing on kitty litter boxes in schools. And the funny thing is, with him being a maggot and all, it doesn't matter if you bring out a gross, a Google of uh, the mathematical Google, not the not the technology company. A Google of of, of fact witnesses to say uh, that's not happening anywhere in the United States of America or the world that we're aware of at all anywhere. And this freak would say, "Yeah, well, I got told that by a Granite State mama and a Granite State student." And being someone who has followed this particular line of of uh, dishonesty, the very same thing, you know, I, I, I was actually engaged by someone um, in a conversation, someone who lives down in Florida who said, yeah, well, I got, uh, uh, my kid goes to school with a kid who says there's 20 of them in a class, these furries. <laughs> and it's horse shit. 
But that's where we are on the 8th day of November, 2022. The fate of the republic hangs on whether or not the American people buy into untrammeled, unmitigated horseshit that has no basis in reality whatsoever. Uh, Flavio noting, uh, given that there was one winner of the giant mega super world record Powerball, $2.04 billion. Um, one ticket was sold with all the right numbers on it, and it was sold somewhere in, a, I think, Southern California. Flavio says, I hope somebody who really needed it won, you know, like Elon Musk. Hashtag deport Elon. Ah, I wish this program had more reach. Deport Elon. But I have jumped out in front of myself with the program this evening. And, uh, and, and, and every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. This program is no different. And so uh, send out thanks to our eighth day of the month subscribers. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you, Susan. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you all most kindly, and thanks to David up in Oregon. Hope things are going well for you, David. I think of you most every day, working your way through your first semester of 1L. Check in once in a while. Let us know how it's going, David. And so the fundraising goal, well, we need to raise 125 bucks. No, yes. No, 105 We need to raise $105 to finish the challenges from... Uh, Darlene in Connecticut, the uh, Beaver Moon Rising Challenge, and Tracy, Tracy's Temecula Challenge. And that'll finish fundraising for yesterday. And then we got $300 to raise for today. And I hope we can do that because, um, well, because there's a couple of big-ass bills that are right around the corner that scare the shit out of me every month. And... It has everything to do with whether this program continues because we live from month to month because we're not Elon Musk. Imagine buying Twitter for $44 billion and then running around scrabbling for $8 at a time from people who have a blue check mark by their names. It, I, don't, I don't think ending world hunger even costs $44 billion. Whoo, Lord, we got too many billionaires. And again, if we had one billionaire, we'd have too many billionaires. But it's going to be a nerve-wracking and anxious time, I suppose, as we wait for the results, some of which, many of which even, may not even be in uh, before the end of this day. Fact. Um, so we may we may close out the uh, extraordinary ordinary roundtable of uh, 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 discussion. Reading email at the same time that I. We may close out the conversation this evening without knowing much of anything, because the program's on air fairly early. But there are there, there's plenty of news to discuss. Related to the election itself. Ugh, Don Bulldog. Bulldog! This is where I miss my reverb. Um, 
there's some indications of some real creepery out there. The Champaign County, Illinois uh, voting system has had problems today. That that uh, voting system has been under targeted cyber attack meant to keep people from being able to vote. They've been under DDoS attacks all over the past month that have slowed their servers to a crawl. The Champaign County Clerk's Office put up a Facebook post saying, uh, these cyber attacks are a strategic and coordinated effort to undermine and destabilize our democratic process. The intent is to dec- discourage you from voting. Please do, please do not fall victim to this. The clerk's office is committed to ensuring every eligible voter in Champaign County has access to a fair, free, and accessible election. And, of course, we had the story yesterday from the uh, uh, dear buddy of Pooty Poot, who said, oh, yes, of course, Mother Russia is interfering in American elections. Yes, of course, we interfered last time, through and time before. And we are working in targeted way to interfere this year, too. Because they have no... Uh, they have no regard for democracy, because democracy would be terrible for Mother Russia. We are not so fond of doing democracy. Even even shitty, low-grade, low-rent kind that the United States does. We do not want this. We like strong men who ride tiger with no shirt on. The rider has no shirt on, not tiger. Tigers do not wear shirts. So there's, there's, there's evidence that yeah, it's been a wild-ass day. Flavio noting the Trump effect. Trump gave people license to be as bigoted, as obnoxious, as stupid as they cryptically craved. I don't think that toothpaste will ever be put back in its tube. That's the kind of political toothpaste that's hard to put back in its tube. And it just may, it may be, and and, and possibly we don't have enough data to form an inform, to, to yield an informed uh, theorem, but it just may be that this is what happens to uh, to to supposedly democratic little r republican efforts at self-governance when the very nature of the freedoms uh, enshrined themselves give rise to the phenomena that bring about its demise. Um, Been a little while since we've heard any news of the membership of the Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff. 
But the, uh, the Detroit News has a story today about someone named Timothy Teagan. And uh, he comes from Plymouth, Michigan. Described by the Detroit News as a prominent member of the far-right anti-government Boogaloo Tactical Incel, Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff. They just use the word Boogaloo. I use the rest of the letters that make up little bitches. Uh, Timothy Teagan is a heavily armed, dangerous man with a history of violence who should not be granted bond while awaiting trial on federal gun and drug-related charges, prosecutors argued Tuesday. He's a 24-year-old Domino's Pizza driver. But federal prosecutors noted in court his prolific drug and alcohol abuse combined with his possession of firearms and his history of violence, volatility, and aggression against both his family members and others present a danger to his friends, family, and the community at large. Uh, That was U.S. Assistant Attorney Selma Mosin um, arguing in a filing. In addition to his fists, prior complaints include allegations of biting, kicking, attempted eye gouging, as well as the use of a sword and an airsoft gun to assault his family members and friends. He is also alleged to have threatened the use of force against those who would call the police to report his crimes. He was due for a hearing today. Um, He's got a bunch of gun and drug-related charges. Um... He was arrested October 27th by members of the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. The hearing was delayed until today because dipshit came down with the Rona. Because of course he did. Because Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff, Maggot. It may be hard to fathom, but a 24-year-old Domino's Pizza driver is actually one of the most often quoted members of the Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff. You heard the clip where... uh, Howard Stern mentioned all the talk about a civil war. Well, this is one of those goobers who is proliferating that speech. In fact, uh, several bitches were part of the conspiracy to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, and they did so hoping to start a second civil war. This Teagan uh, creep was involved in the People's Convoy. He's been photographed in social media posts toting his AR-15 penis extension. He was at one of the barking, grunting, hooting... uh, protests at the state capitol in Lansing 
in 2021. And then, uh, well, th- that brings us up close to the present, where um, Plymouth police showed up at the home of Tegan's father, only to find uh, Jonathan Tegan absolutely covered in blood. His son, Timothy, had bitten him on the forehead and repeatedly punched him. And so he is now facing federal charges, among other things, uh, uh, for drugs and weapons. And hopefully he stays behind bars. But that is certainly not by any stretch of the imagination guaranteed. Yes, there we go. Our buddy John in Central PA gets it. Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff. Bitches. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I'm clever. And thank you very kindly uh, to Ralphs for getting us started on fundraising this evening. We are now down to $80 to go on the challenges. And uh, it's... It would be fantastic to finish fundraising for yesterday and get started on this evening. If anybody wants to help out. Out in Oklahoma, Stan, the American Civil Liberties Union is in receipt of multiple reports of poll tampering in which poll workers in Oklahoma, Stan, have told voters to vote a straight party-line ticket if they want their vote to be counted. The American Civil Liberties Union of Oklahoma noted that you do not have to vote straight party to have your vote counted. But these are the sorts of voter suppression tactics for which the Republican Party in the past and its modern MAGA in, maggot incarnation uh, are past masters. It should go without saying that nobody has to, but this is you know this is this is a Republican Party that cannot uh, cannot exist without voter suppression and voter intimidation. And um, it's worth noting that maggots filed oodles of lawsuits two years ago to throw out ballots. Well, they've filed three times as many more lawsuits this year to throw out ballots as they did two years ago. Over at the Bulwark, Kimberly Whaley 
said, according to Democracy Docket, GOP-aligned groups have filed nearly five times the number of anti-voting lawsuits that they brought in 2021 and three times the number filed in 2020. And this time around, the fight is not focused on whether folks should be allowed to vote. It's about canceling votes after they've been cast, particularly if via drop box or absentee ballot, the use of which was popularized during COVID-19, etc. And the GOP has opened new frontiers on criminal penalties if voters make mistakes. It's happening in has been, uh, Michigan, um, where, among others, Christina Caramo has participated in uh, such efforts. Um, among others, uh, Janice Winfrey sought an injunction banning absentee ballots from being counted if those absentee ballots weren't physically requested in person as opposed to in absentia, you know, like overseas members of the United States military do. This targeted only voters in Detroit, where 77% of the electorate is African-American, Lawsuits in Wisconsin, the Republican Party of Waukesha County, suing the Wisconsin Elections Commission, getting a temporary restraining order to ban the use of a guidance document for election workers that tells the workers what to do in the case of a witness to the ballot being incomplete. In Pennsylvania, Bamavania Stan, the RNC itself got a win in stopping the count of all mail-in ballots that lack a date on the outer envelope. Even if there's nothing wrong with the name or the address or the contents of the actual ballot. And the RNC got this after People had already voted. And that led a whole bunch of people in Pennsylvania, Bamavania stand to have to turn around and re-vote. Then there's Arizona stand. Where, uh, where voter intimidation centered on the uh, uh, drop boxes has been non-stop for the last couple of weeks. Uh, serving as a, a member of the Horn Ad Hoc Research Committee, uh, Ralphs reminds me that uh, one guy pulled a knife at a polling place in uh, West Bend, Wisconsin, at the West Bend Community Memorial Library. They had to pause voting for 30 minutes when a guy walked in with a knife and uh, screamed for people to stop the voting! And a 38-year-old dude bro was arrested and taken into custody. It's 
It's been a day. And, and there's the, the, the something worth mentioning along you know, because there's been so much talk about, well, you know, the apathetic youth vote. And I, I hate hearing, but the fact of the matter is, uh, Joe Biden has done two things during his presidency that speak directly to the so-called youth vote. He has put forward the student loan forgiveness program. It's not a, it's not a complete eradication of debt, but it's awfully damned close, or at least meaningfully close. Why it would wipe out a ton of interest, among other things. He did that, and he's talked about amnesties and, and, and forgiveness for, you know, stupid pot busts. Those are things that should be kind of a big deal to the so-called youth vote. And Ralphs points out that uh, the youth vote in Wisconsin is 360% higher than it was in 2018. And, of course, Wisconsin still has some civilization left to it. And uh, you can register to vote on the same day that you cast your ballot in Wisconsin. And there's been a huge effort to get out the youth vote in Wisconsin. And, God, I hope, I hope they're successful. Uh, Steve in New York writing uh, subject line pundits. I'm <laughs> this is the imagery. I'm honestly sick of the herd of Chris Salizas writing blather about what could happen and what might happen if this or that happens. I've really come to disdain these people because I've realized that when they write these screeds, it's nothing but Rorschach tests in the form of words on paper and computer telescreens. If things turn out differently than what they wrote, they can say that they wrote it could or might happen. If things turn out the way they said it might or could happen, they claim they have special prognosticating abilities. Robin, if there's no way to actually test the accuracy of these guessers, their opinions are little more than monkeys on typewriters. Wow, what a great gig it is to be able to guess about the future when flipping a coin is just as accurate. Anytime you mention flipping a coin, I always think of the opening of... uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Heads? 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 I love that play. So to say that the uh, country is on edge is probably an understatement. Some voters in Louisiana stand had to go to a new polling place today after a bomb threat at a polling place in Jefferson Parish. Uh, That would be Kenner, Louisiana. Kenner Discovery School was one of the polling locations in that area. They got a bomb threat this morning. It was election day. Schools were closed. No kids were there. Kenner police are on scene investigating and trying to determine if this will be related to a bomb threat the school received on Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Uh, And yet, somehow or another, through an act of 
I, I, I don't I don't know Jedi mind trick or something um, via an announcement from the Secretary of State Kyle Ardoin R maggot uh, after a quick investigation Kenner Police Chief Keith Conley and Jefferson Parish Sheriff Joe Lopinto determined that the incident was not intended to target voters or election workers because it wasn't. So they moved all the voting over to the Audubon Elementary School two miles away. Uh, I want to guess how many of the people who would have voted at the Kenner Discovery School will wind up not having their votes counted. Wonder what the demographic makeup is there at the Kenner Discovery School. <sighs> Tis a puzzlement. And speaking of uh, prognosticating, uh, this was the one uh, I saw. I saw a reference to this story earlier, and it's like, really, this is an actual publication from this venerable uh, institution from the Atlantic. Five things to know about midterm election results. Sorry, I have to go. To, I have to. I have to go to my DJ voice for this. Five things to know about midterm election results. Um, thing to know about midterm election results, number one. Some places may not be called on election night. That's normal. No, really. Number two, even so, you can still sometimes guesstimate what races will be called when. Three, Americans might have to wait some time before the Senate's fate is known. Four, that doesn't mean we won't know anything. Five, beware of disinformation. Oh. The Atlantic actually published that. That that that's 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 enough to make me eat dirt and run rabbits. Who who thought anything otherwise? I don't know. Maybe that's a pushback against. Is is that is that a MAGA pushback? Am I being unfair? Is that a way of just sort of uh, taking the sting out of uh, an idea? Maybe promulgated by Nitwit Nero and his ilk. that if we don't have results by midnight, they aren't real results? Maybe I am being, being unfair. 
<sighs> so I guess I, I guess we can. Well, I mean, we'll be we'll be done here at eight Eastern Standard Time. Polls will will have closed here in West Virginia by then. But I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of uh, nail biters. It might actually be a good thing if there are. But a certain level of more abundity uh, has attached itself to the, uh, to the Democratic Party in this state. It's been growing since the Democratic Party became a cult of personality for Joe Manchin. Kind of like the Democratic Party in Alabama. I mean, you want to talk about moribund. Look, look to the Democratic Party of Alabama for the definition of that term. I know my my uh, my sister Miss Terry. Well, she uh, she went and voted in person today. She got a sticker. I didn't get a sticker. Damn it! But she went and voted today. It's just that there wasn't much of anybody to vote for. Hell, the uh, Democratic nominee for governor to run against uh, Governor Hee-haw Meemaw. The Democratic nominee for governor down in Alabama's pro-life. You know, one of those idiots who thinks that uh, something that looks like a piece of soggy popcorn has a heart that beats. Now, here's why we're different, Stephen New York tells me. The debt forgiveness plan does not include the types of loans I have. However, you know what? I'm extremely happy that there are millions of people that will help, precisely. Meanwhile, they're Barking and grunting and hooting. Well, I ain't getting. Uh, I had to pay off my loans. I don't like my barking, grunt, hoot. Why is my knuckles so sore? I'd think they'd be calloused from walking on them after all this time. Yeah. There are some good signs. Early voting turnout among Democrats was. Um, significantly higher than it was among Republicans in Ohio, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Democrats did a much better job of getting the early vote out. And women are going to the polls at higher rates. That's a, that's a that's a good sign. Uh, Nicole Wallace and Joy Reid talking on MSNBC this afternoon. Uh, Joy Reid noting that uh, the large swath of women voting aren't because they're rushing to fight inflation. I've gotten to the point where in, the word inflation just annoys me. Because every time I hear the word inflation, I know that something stupid is going to follow in its wake. 
really, you're going to vote maggot because of Democrats and inflammation? As if the Republicans have a plan to deal with inflammation? As if tax cuts won't make it monumentally worse? Because that's the only thing... Uh, oh, wait, I, I know, I know. They're, right, they're going to fight inflation by investigating Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, the Benghazi of our time. I know, no singing, stop it, Robin. Um... Uh, They have no plan. Is, is, are, is barking and grunting about kitty litter boxes in, in, in schools going to lower inflammation? No. And the fact that there's so... The, the information about the nature of this inflation is so gosh darn bad. This isn't like Nixonian Ford inflation. This is inflation with with soaring jobs numbers, but more importantly, soaring corporate profits. The huge majority of inflation is driven by nothing short, nothing less than corporate greed. But Lord, try to explain that to the Merkin people. Uh, Joy Reid said, women don't just get over the idea that they no longer own their bodies. That's not something that they say, hey, you know, I wish milk was a little cheaper. I'll probably get over it. That isn't something that happens. So when I look at the electorate and the way that campaigns are looking at it, they're saying, can Republicans catch up to that 4 million vote lead on Election Day? Because that's when they're voting. And even Nicole Wallace, loyal bushy that she is said she doesn't trust the polls. I think if you don't trust your Apple Watch to track your period, you're not responding to a pollster about how whether you care or, or a lot or not uh, at all. It doesn't answer the question. I don't know if you're talking, taking these calls anymore if you're that kind of voter. I also think that this idea that the Dobbs vote peaked early, it's 50 years of precedent overturn, turned. you don't get over it in like 12 weeks. Uh, in the Buckeye State, in 2018, early voting was 44.7% GOP to 42.4% Democrat. Early voting in the Buckeye State in 2022 is 44.1%. Uh, up by almost two percentage points from 2018 to 39.2% for the maggot party, which is down almost 5%, more than 5%. In, in, in Georgia, Stan, Republicans haven't gone anywhere near early voting. Early voting in Georgia stand in 2018 among Democrats has gone from 44.8% to 49% in 2022. 
it's dropped among the maggots from 49.4% to 41.2% in 2022. And it's also soaring in Wisconsin. Let's check on that. Let's check in with that colloquy between uh, Joy Reid and loyal Bushy Nicole Wallace. Writ large, they're saying, okay, <clears throat> we have about a, you know, we've, we're nursing about a four million vote lead in terms of what the electorate looks like that's voting early. The, the real data, not the polling, but the data. Democrats are, or the, 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 the way that the electorate looks is it's about 53% women. That says to me that there's a huge amount of energy that is being driven by a thing that women care about. What is that thing? It's Roe. I feel like we've been undercounting it and yep. undercovering it since the summer. Women just don't get over the idea that they no longer own their bodies. That's not something that they say, hey, you know, if milk was a little cheaper, I'd probably mm. get over it. That isn't something that happens. So when I look at the electorate and the way the campaigns are looking at it, are saying, can Republicans catch up to that 4 million vote lead on Election Day? Because mm -hmm. that's when they're voting. And it used to be, back in the day, when I used to be on the other side of a campaign with that pretty lady over there, is that we would say, okay, we've got an early vote lead because young voters, black voters in particular, college students, people who have to work hourly jobs, that's your Democratic electorate. They vote early. That's your early vote. Souls yes. to the polls, right? Yes. And then on Election Day, it used to be a wash. You know what the difference used to be? Absentee. Mm. Because in 04, we really thought, oh, Democrats are going to do okay. And then the absentee from Republicans wiped out yeah. the Democrats, okay? Right. And then that 2014 thing, too. Now that Trump has turned Republicans against absentee, we know absentee is probably leading D. And now the only it's question the is it's can they day. get it done that one day? That's exactly right. I think, too, there's something that polls don't pick up when women are deleting their ovulation trackers. So you think they're going to be like, oh, delete, delete. Um, yes, this is what I'm voting on. I don't, it's, it's, uh, you're going to blow a gasket when I quote Don Rumsfeld, but it's a known unknown. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, to your point, who knows? I think so you both, just to be clear, you both think that the importance of abortion as a driver for Democratic voters, that, that abortion is being it's not I, showing up in the polls. You think it's stronger than it looks. I okay. think it's unknowable because I think if you don't trust your Apple watch to track your period, you're not responding to a poll for how much you care, whether you care a lot or not at all. I don't think you're answering the question. I don't even know if you're taking those calls anymore if you're that voter. I also think that this idea that the Dobbs vote peaked early is 50 years a president was overturned. You don't get over it in, th in like right. 12 weeks. That's it's right. not like, well, that was then, this is now. Let me, you know, I, I also think that the, the trap that the right set is that if you care about democracy, you're indifferent to economic angst. Correct. You are not. I have watched all these Democratic candidates to a T. They all understand, and I bet you they all know the price of milk, meat, and, and bread at all of their grocery yeah. stores in, in their in their districts or in their states. So I think that Republicans set this trap, and I think that's another flaw of the media. The third thing is something has changed in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. I talked to candidates in Pennsylvania and strategists in Michigan, and they all said that this weekend felt totally different than last week. Why? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure if it's that last jobs number. I mean, I, I think because I'm sort of a political romantic that Obama got out there and was like, this is how you do it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> he tied together democracy and economy and you know started sort of, I mean, you look at the Josh Shapiro 
Colorado speech from Saturday night. And this tells you too much about my Saturday night. But I have seen, <laughs> I have seen my husband put it on first, and I'm like, oh my God, who is that? I mean, Shapiro is channeling Obama. Obama is channeling the majority of Americans who don't want to think you have to choose between the price of milk and living in a democracy. You can have both. Yeah, and thank God he finally right. said it. But I, you know, I think if that sunk in, and I'm not saying there won't be a red wave. I'm yeah, just right. saying we won't know yeah. till tomorrow. You know, the thing is, though, I mean, we have to bear bear in mind, it doesn't if the if the Republicans take the House by one stinking seat, they will declare a red wave. If they if they if they manage to if the Democrats hold on to the Senate, Republicans, will, yeah, but there was a red wave and the and the vote was stalled. Because that's the bottom line here. There are millions of people in this country who are simply done with democracy. They want authoritarianism, and they don't, they don't want anything that doesn't involve them not winning. The voice of the majority means nothing to them. Of course, then again, this is also a party that's still in love with the filibuster, which allows for minority rule. And... Uh, then, and this is horrifying, we have to go to uh, the Buckeye State for this because, well, the, 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 the Alabamaization of Ahia continues apace. Southwest Ohio, Butler County, where... Uh, uh, there's a little tiny community called Okeana, or maybe Okina, O-K-E-A-N-A. I need some Ohio expertise on this one. Um, the son of uh, Anthony Lee King called 911 and said, my neighbor just shot my dad. And his mama could be heard wailing in the background. Her husband, Anthony Lee King, had been cutting his grass and doing yard work. She went inside to let the dog out to run. And then she heard gunshots. She said, I look in the backyard and that man's walking away from my husband and my husband's on the ground. He's come over like four times confronting my husband because he thought he was a Democrat. Why? Why? Please. I don't understand. And so a little while later, 26-year-old Austin Jean Combs was arrested by the Butler County Sheriff's deputies as he drove away from the scene with his daddy. He's been booked with $950,000 bail on suspicion of murder. Uh, how come daddy wasn't arrested? Accessory after the fact? This... This young 
white dude with easy access to firearms harangued his neighbor thinking he was a Democrat and then decided to murder him for it. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, obviously he was insane. Horseshit. Horseshit. This is another example of the effects of stochastic terrorism in the United States. Got to wonder what he thought uh, Mr. King was. Maybe a groomer? Or a socialist? Or a LGBTQ? This is the field that the Republicans have sown. And they will, of course, retreat. Well, nobody could have ever figured out. Oh, shut up. That's where we are. On this election day, 2022. And then there's uh, the traitor Michael Flynn. Who went out to a polling place to troll voters. This is disgusting. Why this man is, well, he got a presidential pardon, that's why. Look over here, Steve. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but that's a, that's the sad side. There, you know, it's very sad, very sad. That's uh, uh, our Democrat colleagues head down. It's amazing. I don't know if you just saw that, but, but anyway, but anyway, here we here we are, and I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a historic turnout. This is on the, this is on the, of a sort of a French, American, whatever revolution you want to call it. But the next stage of this, the, the next stage of this takeover is going to be accountability. We want the Republican Party to hold people accountable, not with. Revolution. Uh, he was at a polling place standing outside. Uh, calling in, videoing in to uh, Stevie Three Shirts webzine show. You know the man, the 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 the, the seldom shaven man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. And Stevie Three Shirts who stands convicted of contempt of Congress and is still walking the streets free, uh, whipped up the paranoia as if, as if the maggots are the ones being targeted. You know, no, Stevie, three shirts, buddy. Um, the guy in Ohio didn't walk into somebody's yard with a gun and blow away a dude accusing him of being a maggot. And people don't realize what goes into this. The issue set's right. The messaging's been right. The selection of candidates, and everybody's not totally happy with the candidates. We, there's a lot of MAGA folks that we would have loved to have won that didn't. 
there's some established people that won, but it's, we're beyond that now. Given the team we've got, given the issues we've got, given all the efforts to get, we've gotten, it's obvious, and you can see this, the inflection point, Ron, as you know, and you and I talked a lot about that in, in 16 and 20, when the other side understands it's over, and they're starting to throw guys under the bus, they're starting to, as candidates, but on media, it's getting more and more frantic. It's getting more and more, uh, you know, uh, I think dangerous rhetoric pointed at Republicans in MAGA. What would be your recommendation? How do, how do we tone down that rhetoric on the left? You know, it's it's rich to hear him complaining about rhetoric being pointed at maggots when the maggots are pointing real live, no kidding, guns at people who aren't maggots. No, don't anybody tell Stevie three shirts who obviously when they see the House and the Senate state legislature school boards slipping away from their graphs are only going to get more and more desperate. Well, I think it's what you and I believe in, which is grassroots neighbor to neighbor. The best way to change a vote, the best way to calm somebody down is to have a conversation. I say to people, then it's time to be shy or to be uncomfortable talking about politics when you talk. And this is the height of hilarity because the woman speaking right now who actually went on the show of a man who stands convicted of contempt of Congress. The woman speaking there is the chair of the RNC, none other than Ronna Romney McDaniel. They never put the put the Romney in. She's suddenly, uh, uh, Romney's, a, what's a Romney? Talk about these school board races, your kids being cut out of school, and you're pissed off, you got to talk to people about it. You talk about gas prices, you talk about inflation, and then when Democrats are trying to accuse Republicans of intimidation or, or scare tactics when it comes to protecting the election, you need to simply say, all we're asking is to observe. And if there's nothing to hide, why do they worry about us? And these are simple conversations. It's a lot of common sense, but we have to be out talking. We cannot just expect other people to do this for us. We can't say, oh, the party has this or my candidate has this. Every single one of us role in making sure we win in this. Yeah, so they just want to be outside. They just want to observe. If they want to bring their AR-15s with them to observe, that's cool, too. You know, take notes. Who's going in? Wonder how they voted. Maybe do something about it. Just want to observe. And we're just worried about our school boards. We're worried about the kitty litter boxes! So, um, well, uh, uh, it being Tuesday, we're gonna I'm gonna check in with uh, Brad and Desi. Green News report. Stephen New York pointing out, yeah, but both sides do it. Talking about the shooting in Southwest Ohio. Except, you know, they don't. Damnedest thing. So we are uh, past the top of the hour, and um, we've got $80 to go to finish off the challenges. 
$80 more will finish off Tracy's Temecula Challenge and Darlene in Connecticut's Beaver Moon Rising Challenge. No, I did not guilt myself into getting up at 4 a.m., but I, I thought a lot about it as I finally fell asleep at like 1. 2394, huh? Well, drat. Maybe something else interesting will happen in this. Never mind. Annette and I did sit down, because there's never a bad time to do it. We did sit down and watch Men in, the original Men in Black last night, because there's just so many great lines. But anyway, um, let's, uh, let's check in with the Green News Report, see what Brad and, Brad and Desi have for us. And then we'll get started on the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable Barbecue on the Front Porch Tuesday for this Election Day 2022. It's Tuesday, November 8, 2022. The clock is ticking. It's a big week for the planet as UN Climate Conference kicks off in Egypt. Major glaciers to disappear by 2050. Plus, this is a massive system. Late season storm Nicole takes aim at Florida's east coast. Nicole, all of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And the biggest threat to democracy is to have someone like Senator Warnock to vote against our Keystone Pipeline. Okay, A, a pipeline from Canada is not a threat to democracy, Herschel Walker. And two, Senator Warnock did not vote against the pipeline. It was not up for a vote. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Tessie Doyen, as we go to air, a big day, election day. And I'm sure it has nothing at all to do with the climate, correct? <laughs> it has everything to do with what? the climate. But first, as we go to air, the east coast of Florida is under a new state of emergency mm. as a rare November storm, Nicole, heads its way. It's forecast to deluge the state when it makes landfall as a hurricane later this week, even as residents are still trying to recover from deadly Hurricane Ian in September. Nicole. It is a big week for the planet. Americans are voting in the critical 2022 midterm elections, an inflection point for the nation and the planet that will decide whether the U.S. acts with speed and scope to curb the climate crisis and remain competitive in the global clean energy revolution or doesn't. Okay, but no matter what happens in the midterms, that $400 billion that the Democrats voted to go towards mitigating climate change, that stays, right? Right, unless Republicans find some way to dismantle it. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, the latest United Nations climate treaty negotiations, known as COP27, are underway in Egypt to hammer out implementation of the landmark Paris Agreement to keep global temperatures from rising more than 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels and transition 
transition all economies away from the fossil fuels that are causing the climate crisis. Two reports released on the opening day of the conference underscore the challenge. The first from the UN's World Meteorological Organization finds the past eight years were the eight hottest years ever recorded since record keeping began in the mid 1800s. That means that every year since 2016 has been one of the warmest on record, indicating that the world is now deep into the climate crisis. Somebody ought to get together and have a conference about that. The stark assessment sets out how record high levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere are supercharging extreme weather disasters from Pakistan to China and the U.S. The oceans are hotter than ever. The rate of sea level rise has doubled since 1993 due to the melting of land ice from Greenland, Antarctica and land glaciers. A different report by UNESCO concludes that because of man-made global warming, major glaciers around the world will be gone by 2050, like UN World Heritage Sites, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania and Yosemite and Yellowstone National Parks in the United States. But if global temperature rise is limited to 1.5 degrees Celsius, the study finds it is possible that only one-third of those glaciers will disappear by 2050. So in that event, we'd still be able to see some glaciers at Yellowstone in 2050. Maybe. Of course, I'll be a thousand years old. It matters because glacier melt is a primary source of drinking water in some of the most volatile regions in the world. Against the backdrop of costly record-shattering heat waves, droughts, and floods over the past few months, the COP27 UN Climate Conference kicked off with climate finance taking center stage. For the first time, the agenda includes formal negotiations on how rich nations should compensate poorer nations for the unavoidable impacts of climate change known as loss and damage. They have been fighting about this, it seems, for years at these COP conferences. They have been. This is the the first formal negotiations to hammer it out. Mm. Developing nations have contributed only a tiny fraction of the greenhouse gas emissions that are causing the climate crisis, but are hit first and worst by its cascading consequences, with repetitive disasters sapping their capacity to adapt to future disasters. Rich nations for years have failed to fulfill their promises to provide $100 billion a year to a fund to help developing countries cut their CO2 emissions and adapt to climate impact. On Monday, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres cited the mounting toll of weather disasters in urging countries to move quickly to implementation. We are in the fight of our lives and we are losing. Greenhouse gas emissions keep growing. Global temperatures keep rising. And our planet is fast approaching tipping points that will make climate chaos irreversible. We are on a highway to climate hell with our foot still on the accelerator. Well, hopefully it's a battery electric vehicle. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. saw that bumper coming from a mile away the minute he said, we are on highway to hell. And there we are. I mean, not wrong. And all that business about the glaciers, and if we cut back to one, we could still have some glacier by 20. There's not going to be any glacier. Because, well, 
I think I, sometimes I think the suicide gene and the, the, the species-wide suicide gene has been triggered uh, somewhere deep in our in our DNA. Uh, but we are doing a, um, a a Tuesday barbecue on the front porch for Election Day. Steve in New York asking question, did somebody bring the potato salad? I'm not allowed to bring the potato salad. I think that's fairly obvious for fear that I might purloin some raisins in it. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't me. Steve says I can't remember who was supposed to. I brought my grandma's graham cracker pie. Graham cracker crust, custard filling, meringue, toasted graham cracker crumbs on top. Damn, that's, where should I put that, Steve asked. Well, just bring it over here to me, okay? I'll make sure that nobody absconds with it or purloins it or uh, finagles it. I'll, I'll keep it nice and safe right over here. I, I did whip up, I, I whipped up a batch of uh, uh, Kaneka Kaneka dirty rice with the cream gravy. Mmm, yum, mighty fine, mighty fine. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what other imaginary dishes show up uh, as we go over to the extraordinary ordinary roundtable um, and uh, check in. Hey, Roger, are you running the show this evening, my friend? I'm here. Oh, okay, no, okay, Sparky's Spark. here. Oh, okay. Hey, Sparky, how are you? Enjoying a rainy day. Oh, you're getting rained on? Yeah. Amazing. So is that the same weather system that's pouring on that's been pouring on LA and it just moved up to you or separate system? Uh, separate system. We we had started having rain before they did. Of course, it could, in biblical form, uh, rain 40 days and 40 nights, and you guys would still be in drought, wouldn't you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because we got out of it one time. I remember a year, the lakes were all full. And the Orville disaster was. Yeah. That was... Uh, more water than they could hold back. That's what happened over there. So what does the snowpack look like on Lassen and Shasta? Well, it's starting. I was just going to say, we used to have glaciers on, on Shasta and Lassen that are gone. Well, I'm glad something's coming down. Roger is following some breaking news site. You reading the chat and Skype? Um, no, I um Oh my goodness gracious. Two Georgia poll workers in Fulton County have been removed from their duties after Facebook posts showed they attended the January 6th terrorist attack. (laughs) 
Jeremy, it's too early. <laughs> God. I wasn't going to say anything. Well, no, no I, just, I just looked up and it was like, ah, what? <laughs> it's never too early, never too early. And uh, I had a note from Les who said uh, uh, after the story about the shooting in southwest Ohio, uh, I sound crazy if I tell you that when I'm home, I'm always strapped in the yard, working on the truck, grocery store, everywhere. This bullshit is exactly why. When they come for me and mine, they don't have to ask our party affiliation to decide if they hate us or not. It's pretty evident we're on their list, but we got something for them. Live or die, rabbit hunting will not be fun. And adding, because I think Les is vying for the little ray of sunshine aboard this evening, this election, no matter which way it goes, will not fix this. It's way past too late for that now. The only way forward now is M-A-D-ness. And I'm the, the, are you talking about the old Cold War mad there, Les? I mean, it's It's true. If we if we can if we if the Democrats can hang on to the House and Senate, things will be better than if they do not. But again, as we discussed last night, and, and Darlene and I in particular discussed the up the, the what the Supreme Court does with the Moore decision will have everything in the world to do with or as much to do with what happens in twenty four as anything happening today. And just remember the twenty twenty four campaign season begins now. All right, uh, you day people. After, day after election day, right? Well, I think I think it begins now. I mean, because now it's like, you know, okay, this election this election's in the books one way or the other. We're not going to re-vote anything. I had an exchange with a woman this morning on the old Facebook. It was about a local politician who was for a uh, protecting women's right to choose. And this one lady replied back, well, you're against guns, so I can't vote for you. So I just simply said, it's okay when they take someone else's rights, not yours, correct? And her immediate answer was, well, the Second Amendment, blah, 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 blah. I wrote back, I'm well aware of the Second Amendment. I'm well aware of my rights, just like yours. Again, don't twist my question. It's okay when they take away their rights, not yours, Right. And she came back again with a second. Well, they're going to take your guns. I said, no, not your guns. Weapons of war. I said, and if you own an AR-15, there's a chance that even if they did, it'll be grandfathered in. You're safe. You can keep your shotguns. Keep your handguns. Keep your hunting rifles. Fuck, keep all your black powder and bow weapons. We don't care. It's the weapons of war off the fucking streets. Still for You're violating my Second Amendment right. Well, that's because, it's, Jeremy, it's become a fetish object. This has nothing to do with law. This has nothing to do with policy. This has to do with religious orthodoxy, and it is a fetish object. And I mean right. that within the anthropological sense of the word. I don't mean like foot fetish. I mean... But, uh, but I'm so sick of the twisting of saying they're coming for our guns. Not your guns, a specific version of them, because of what we've seen they've done for the last 20 fucking years in this country. And why they've been used. Home protection, my ass. 
And it's always fun to posit them a little thought experiment when they decide to go down that rabbit hole. Just say, okay, this is just a hypothetical. If you gave, if you could know for sure by giving up your, your not anybody else's, just your AR-15, that say one child's life would be saved, would you do it? And then watch them not answer the question. Because at that point in time, the hypocrisy becomes manifest. And then you can press them and say, look, just then you can press them and say, look, just just say it out loud. It's okay. You'll be fine. My gun is more important than a child's life. It's okay. You can say it. Own it. Be that person. So, yeah, there we are. That's all. Oh, so you brought the uh, tossed salad, did you, Jeremy? No, read it again. No, I did read it again. I did. That's why Sparky laughed. No, I know. That's why I laughed, too. Yeah. Mm. It's a little early to take the program there, Jeremy. It's not even... We, we, we don't even... We don't, we don't go into uh, Auntie, Auntie Robin's sleazy sugar daddy stories until after the third hour of the program. And that's only on Fridays. Christopher is I really wish you'd get the story name right. It's Robin's Creepy Sugar Daddy Story Time. That's what it is. Okay. I, 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 I added the auntie in there. Well, I'll take a, <clears throat> an occasion for this pause. Uh, I'm still uh, working down at the farm most days. So if I don't show up in the chat room or not here on Friday or some of that sort, I'm just trying to keep my kid in business by donating labor. So uh, that's my little tidbit for the day <clears throat> of future activity. We're only about a third of the way done with it. Oh wow, that's a lot. That's a lot yet to do, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a lot yet to do. And what's I mean, what what sort what sort? Or where are we in the growing season? We're in the initial processing. It, it all got picked. It all got hung up to to dry. Uh, one of these days, I'll figure out how many stems got hung up. <clears throat> And now it's getting uh, the big leaves stripped off, the buds stripped off the vine, and the buds trimmed so that the OLCC can come and steal about one ounce per 50 pounds and take it off to test. And then it 
gets finished processing and I think it's all getting turned into joints this year. And, uh, you know, it goes through a, a grinding process and a, a rolling machine process and packaged up and. So, uh, I mean, okay. Now, now you're, now you're, you're, you're just all over my curiosity here. I don't want to take you away from your work, but I got to know. So like somewhere in Oregon, there's a, there's a rolling factory with like rolling machines, just like they have at the cigarette companies. No, it's a machine that you as a farmer buy and buy papers and they get rolled up on the, on site and then sold to the dispensaries, um, as pre-rolled marijuana cigarettes. So do we know what, uh, what, do we know what variety, what the varietal is for your son this year? Uh, he's got three of them and I don't remember the names, And not, we've got one of them finished in, in the initial processing. We're in the second strain now, and then there's a third strain to go. And I don't remember what their names are. It, it makes no difference to me. Yeah, right, but you know, I'm just I'm just curious, like you know, pumpkin spice potted meat Kush or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're, it's got names like that, but they're so bizarre to me that I just don't. I don't. I don't pay attention to them. That's all. So, it's, what was this part a, about the OLCC stealing about one ounce per uh, per fifty pounds? Oh well, the OLCC Oregon Liquor Control Commission requires that the product be tested before it can be sold to a dispensary, and it's tested for the THC, CBDs, all that good stuff plus any residue from herbicides, pesticides, et cetera. And it used to be that the processing lab would take about an ounce out of a 15-pound batch. And enough growers complained and said, screw it, why are you taking an ounce out of every goddamn 15 pounds to test? Why don't you up it to something like one ounce per 50 pounds? Because, you know, you've randomly selected out of the bin – so uh, they said, okay, we'll do, and they take one ounce to test. And I don't know whether they grind it all up together and then test a, a little representative sample, but I know goddamn good and well the test doesn't consume that entire ounce. So it kind of tells me that the processing lab has found a way to charge for uh, testing, testing the product which costs about $500 for the test. And uh, they end up with maybe three quarters of an ounce to share among the, the crew at the testing lab, which undoubtedly keeps them, the entire crew of the testing lab supplied and dope for a year. Well, in perpetuity, really. I mean, if, 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 you can, if you think about it, all of this just reminds me of the early days of the coal industry. One of the things that the, the nascent... Uh, United Mine Workers had to fight for was having a union representative uh, at the checkwayman station because back in the hand loading days, the the miner would load up his coal into the car and have it hauled out of the mine, and he'd have a brass tag that he hung on his car to show that it was his, so he'd get credit for it because because miners back then were paid by the ton, and then. 
the company man would say, "Well, yeah, but we're going to we're we're going to subtract fifteen percent of that total for slate because some slate just has to get in there." And so they and so the miner would wind up not being paid for the full amount that he that he handloaded. Well, it's a capitalist to screw you every chance they get. Yeah. And it's not the OLCC that does the testing. It's a private lab authorized by the OLCC that does the testing. So there's a, a capitalist company that you're required. Actually, there's two or three of them. Uh, and when you send a sample to both labs, the results don't come back the same which is kind of amazing to me, but uh, anyhow. Well, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating, and uh, I mean, so they, they, do, they send the results back to the grower, but the grower is not the retailer, right? Correct. Then you go to a shop, the retail shop, where you're trying to sell the product, and you have the lab results to show the retailer so that they can then advertise uh, this has 14, 15, 16, 17, 21, 22% THC in this product. And here's the, the lab results to prove it. That's really, now, that's really fascinating. The, the grower cannot sell retail by, by law. Unlike a winery that can sell retail. Do they have a distinction between, well, with the wineries, is, is there a distinction between like on-premises and off-premises? Well, I don't know, but every winery I've ever gone to taste wine at, I can buy the product there. Yeah. And they charge, in essence, the same price as the retailer, unless you buy your wine from Costco, and then you can get it cheaper at Costco than you can at the winery. Yeah, it's capitalism, you know, it's a thing. Yeah, but the, the winery sells it for the suggested retail price, which is higher than what they get for wholesale. And I don't know what the, the distribution number is here, but for in California, frequently, the winery sells to a wholesaler who then sells it to the distributor who then delivers it to the retailer. And the everybody and, ev and everybody wets their beak. Oh, yeah. Everybody takes a little, <clears throat> little graft out of it. It's, uh, I don't know, I'm hoping the kid finally decides that it's uh, a losing proposition. All right, back before it was legal for good indoor grown or even outdoor grown, you could get around four to five thousand dollars a pound at its highest price. Up here in Oregon right now, you could always get you could all you could sell as much as you want at two hundred dollars a pound, but it's usually around three fifty four hundred. But back in the days when it was selling for the four to five thousand dollars a pound, people would be paid two hundred dollars a pound to do the trimming, and if you were a good trimmer, you could trim a pound a day. So you could make $200 a day on the farms, you know, up in the hills on the farms, uh, trimming pot in 
late September, October, and early November. But you can't afford to hire trimmers and pay them $200 a pound when you're only getting $300 a pound selling it to the, the retailers. And so necessarily the labor is, uh, labor is the one that takes the hit in the overall process. Labor and the grower. My next-door neighbor here, Eugene, his wife has family down in southern Humboldt, down in Bernadette country, and uh, they've just quit growing. A whole lot of people I knew that grew in California, whether it be small or inside warehouses or whatever, or just a, a little 10 by 10 room off their house that they made a grow room out of, they've all quit growing because there's just no money in it. And another friend of mine who's a super horticultural master, he used to run the greenhouse at Humboldt State, and then he went to work for Harvard for three years, and now he's back in Humboldt County. But he goes down to Sacramento consulting, and he's got like three or four growers down there in Sacramento that are doing warehouse grows. I mean, we're talking big industrial size indoor growing warehouses putting out thousands of pounds of, of crop a year and selling it off to the uh, um, retail shops all over California and has shut out all the little mom and pop outfits because they're going on the incredible volume. And so they only make $50 a pound, but when you're doing – 100,000 pounds a year, that's some pretty good money. Whereas the small mom and pop grower only netting $50 a pound and they can only put out maybe six, 10 pounds a year. Um, that's not a, that's not a living wage. No, that's not it. Well, it's not a living at all. No. So and I would imagine one of the reasons that Bernadette's still in the business is because of her salve. Well, it is it it, it Priest Trees is, is the real deal. It 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 helps. It really does. But I I don't know how legal what she's doing is i mean in the in the really down dirty you know number i'm not saying she's going to get in trouble over it but um unless it's uh what is it thc8 as opposed to thc6 or anyhow yeah delta eight yeah delta eight uh which is legal but delta six is not um and Unless somebody's paid a bunch of money for the mass spectrum chronometer or whatever the hell it is uh, to figure it out what the the different levels are, um, I mean it's not a smokable, and she's not sending out a hundred pounds to somebody to get busted in Montana or something like that. Um, probably not a problem, but I just you know like we're hoping that they'll put through the number where it's no longer schedule one nationwide and then let 
somebody say, well, you know, we really, you know, I probably shouldn't send it across state lines, but we're not going to waste any money on it and allow uh, the individual farm, like we could make up a website and say, we've got this and it's tested at this and it's tested at this. And if it's legal in your state, we'll put it in a package and ship it off to you by FedEx or UPS or, you know, whatever, um, and sell it direct from the farm to the consumer and cut out all the middlemen. And we'd even be willing to pay the taxes on it because we'd cut out the middleman that's still selling it for ungodly prices, but they're not paying the farmer because they got to pay the rent to the landlord to keep their store open. And uh, the banking system would be allowed to use the money. I mean, if, if I, I'm not offering here, but if I were to sell it to you and you could pay me via PayPal, it would make a, a beautiful system. You know, you send me a hundred dollars, whatever, and buy whatever amount that is. And I put it in a package and ship it off to you when you've sent me the money. And it wouldn't take very long to have a reputation about, hey, ABC Garden in Cottage Grove, Oregon, does a really fast turnaround and they've got a good product. And you tell your friend and pretty soon it's up on the web, you know, and people check into the Facebook page or the uh, website. And, you know, we've got this in buds, we've got this in pre-rolls, we've got this in bubble hash, which is a, a water process extraction. Um, and these are the prices. And pretty soon, instead of me doing this, I'd go down there and here's the, the list to package up today and pull this, pull that, put it all on, throw it in the back of my truck, drive up here to the FedEx office and drop it all off and pay the shipping charges and off it goes. But that's the only way that any money's going to be made right now. Doesn't that feel kind of deliberate or a lot deliberate? Well, the whole reason for its illegality is very deliberate. Right. It was just another way to get people to put into prison to rent them out to the the old uh, plantations and to keep the private prisons full. But I mean the 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 entire the entire uh tableau that you've described seems like well, I, I remember, you know, the late 80s and John Mellencamp and, and, and Willie Nelson and Farm Aid. And, you know, they're running the small farmers off their land so that corporate agriculture. Because, you know, God, I hate myself for even using the big weed doesn't want small farmers, does it? No, but big weed is a 100% corporate entity. And so they I mean, have, and, and so they have the wherewithal to make it uh, financially um, unfeasible. Well, it's just like Wearmart comes into a relatively small town that had two or three mom and pop hardwares and one or two uh, mom and pop grocery stores and one Safeway, and they come in. And they put all the mom and pops out of business and make the Safeway think about going out of business. 
And as soon as they've shut down all the mom and pops, then they jack their prices back up. And then if a mom and pop comes in to try and compete with them, they drop their prices on whatever the inventory is on the mom and pop, drive them out of business again, and then they jack their prices back up. And it's the same thing here. As soon as, as soon as the big grows, which some of them are illegal and are getting busted, but not enough of them. But as soon as the big growers get their push all the little guys out of business, they'll raise their prices back up, which will go up in the retail sector as well. But then as little people come back in, they'll start dropping their price or they'll tell the dispensary, hey, look, you buy from us at this price and don't buy from anybody else because if you start buying from a local producer, we'll cut you off and your local producer cannot fulfill your orders year round and we can. That was tried on me with a restaurant one time when I was selling lettuce. The restaurant got told, if you buy from that little local guy there, we won't sell to you anymore. And fortunately, the restaurant rep manager said, well, then fuck you. I won't use you anymore. And, of course, when I stopped producing, he called up the distributor. Yeah, I can send you some lettuce. Um, it, it's just I'm so anti-capitalist, I can't believe I still own stock. Wait a minute. That's Hold on. That's that's a cowbell for the ages. I'm so anti-capitalist, I can't believe I still own stock. It was given to me by my parents who inherited it in 1953, for Christ's sake. I understand. I understand. I mean, it's 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 like the, the three-legged moss-covered uh, green family credenza. You just can't get rid of it. Well, I have gotten rid of my Chevron after what they did to the Ecuadorian people that came to speak at the, the shareholders meeting. I couldn't fucking believe it. The <clears throat> set the stage. It was in uh, East Bay, California and San Ramon. And the head honchos, CEO, CFO, COO, whatever's were at a table at the front of the room. And all the members of the board of directors were sitting in the front row, right in front of all the CO, CO class. And an Ecuadorian came in who owned one share of stock because somebody bought it for him, da, 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 da. And they flew him up from Ecuador. And this has to do with the mess that Texaco left over when they took over the Ecuadorian stuff, when Chevron took it over. And he was in native dress. And they had a microphone in the very front, and there was a center aisle. And the microphone in the very front, a microphone about the middle of the aisle, and a microphone in the back of the room. And this Ecuadorian was speaking at the middle microphone. And when he got up to speak with a translator, oh, when they gave him, I think everybody was limited to two minutes, but they gave him three because he had to go through a translator. Anyhow, he got up to speak, and everybody in the room turned toward the center of the room, except the board of directors. They sat in their seats and stared at the CEO class up at the front and never paid a fucking bit of attention to what he said. And when I got done with that one, I said, screw it. That's it. My Chevron stock's gone. And I, I sold it. Just couldn't deal with it. 
Well, you know, you're, you're, you, you are a font of information. And Jude said, uh, is there anything Roger doesn't know? He truly is a oh, deep. A he truly is a deep well of information. Always learning on this end. So let's keep the focus on the blue rising. Thank you, Jude. Shitload of stuff I don't know. <laughs> but it's probably not worth knowing. I don't know. I learn something new damn near every day. I mean, this little process has taught me what mold looks like in a marijuana bud and how to get rid of it. Yeah, I'm fascinated with it. So, what? Ha- I mean, I, 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 what happens like the leaves and stuff? Does that what? What? Where does that? Does that go to be processed for the CBD in it or whatever? Or? No, the uh, right now, the kid has this huge compost pile that's mixed with a bunch of plastic shit that I was gonna clean it out to get rid of the plastic shit that's in it. Uh, But right now what's happening is the plants got cut in the field for stocks to hang. I'll I'll take some pictures so I can push them up on Friday maybe or next week. Um, It used to be they'd cut the plant in the field, bring it up to the little barn. It would get weighed because OLCC requires weighing at all these different stages, it would get weighed, and then the bud stalks would get cut off to be hung up to dry. This year, it was decided to simply go through the field and cream off the really nice, the big buds and and that kind of stuff, because it's all going to joints this year. So anyhow, didn't want to harvest 100% because it takes too much work, and we can't afford to hire the workers to do it. So it's hung with its large leaves. What the wife and I are doing is taking it from the drying racks and hand stripping off all the the big leaves and looking at it carefully. And if there's any mold in it, because it did do on it a little bit before we got it harvested. And so that has to be removed. And then those stems get put through a, a machine called a canagen like a cotton gin, but canna for cannabis, and it pops the buds off. And those that then get put into either one of two trimmers, uh, the one that's being used this year is a drum that's about not 18 inches in diameter, and the outer edge of the drum is a uh, mesh with about quarter-inch holes. And... CO2 gets blasted into that drum to, in essence, freeze the buds that get tumbled. And all the little uh, leaves from the buds fall off in the tumbling process. And that's harvested in one place. Then the buds are sent off to be tested and then put into the joints. And the leaves that my wife and I are stripping off... uh, are coming back here where I uh, run it across a, a chick wire number to get rid of any stems and the, the moldy nuggets and all that. And I'm dumping those leaves into my garden as a winter mulch over the uh, garlic beds and the beds I've gotten rid of everything and just let it rot in, in the during the winter. And then I'll grind them in in the spring because the kid uses so much fancy fertilizers and all the rest of that shit, and I know all that's in the leaves, 
So I'll be getting all kinds of, you know, good nutrients out of the leaves into my vegetable garden and do that. And the stems go just out on a compost pile because I don't need all that fiber that wouldn't break down in, over the winter in the garden. So did all of the, did I mean, this is a massively complex process about which I knew very little. Did, did, did all of this happen with stuff before it was legal? Uh, before it was legal, usually what happened is where they would go and, and cut and then hang the buds. And then they'd have, well, in Northern California, there was something called trimigrants that showed up in September. And these were people that heard from all over the world. I mean, I, hell, I picked up a couple of hitchhikers one time that were from Sweden. And there was another couple from Denmark that I ran across. Um, and <clears throat> they would come into Humboldt County and work for four to six weeks, making $200 a day. And then you move on down the road. And they, you know, thoroughly enjoyed their little time in Humboldt County. But that was all hand-trimmed stuff. Um and then they just because they were out in the hills that all that um, the leaves and stems and all that would just get put in a compost pile on on the farm they were on, and then the there's something called trim, which is when they were trimming there'd always be some of the THC crystals and nuggets falling off, and that usually got sold at a relatively low price for people that wanted to make can of butter and that kind of stuff. So it, it's a it's a very labor intensive process. It really sounds it. Well, now I, you're too young, but back in the '60s, late '60s, when you'd buy your ten dollar lid from Mexico, it came with leaves and stems and seeds and all kinds of stuff. No, I'm not that young. Cleaning. Well, it seems to me you are. Your picture looks like you're that young. Well, thank you. Uh, I feel that young. But no, I, 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 have, I, I have purchased my fair share of bags of Mexican ditch weed. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But now people want it, but they want it so super fancy trimmed that all they do is they pick out this bud, break off some, put it in a pipe, and smoke it. They don't want to do any goddamn work. All these youngsters just don't want to do any work yeah yeah, yeah well yeah no 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 we're you know we're, we're we're we've moved into the get off my lawn portion of the program uh yeah. i mean you haven't you haven't lived until you've driven with your knee on the steering wheel while deseeding and grinding up a bag of mexican ditch weed and cleaning it out on the folded on on, on a folded open copy of frampton comes alive okay i used to have a copy of frampton comes alive that i just Carried with me, just in case. Nah, you haven't lived until you have an apartment in San Francisco in 1968. And uh, before you go to sleep at night, you roll up a joint to leave it on your bedside table to get you started in the morning. And then before you head off to work, you roll two or three, four more and uh, smoke one in your convertible while you're driving on the Bay Bridge going to work at the Yerba Buena Island. And then at morning coffee break, the stoners go up on the roof and have a joint waving at the cars on the Bay Bridge. And the coffee <laughs> drinkers go down to the machine. And then you go back into the U.S. government building where you're working because you wear a uniform every day and go back to repairing electronics. And then at lunchtime, you go up on a roof and eat lunch and smoke another doobie. And you got to save one for the drive home. Good times. 
Well, but hell, it, one joint didn't get you as high as one puff on the shit. They, they well, that, and, that, and that's and that's the next point. There is a there 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 is a, a a goddamned ocean of difference between that and because I mean I've told the story a million times. Bless his heart, Scary Jerry. When I was dealing with some serious nerve pain, a little less than a year exactly ago, said, and they were getting ready to put me on gabapentin, which just creeped me right the hell out. You know, Neurontin. Shit will fuck you up. And Scary Jerry said, Robin, just get you some CBD8 gummies, and everything's going to be okay. And I did, and he was right. But. I but I was like ah oh, CBD eight you know I'm not even gonna feel anything this will be cool I'll be fine and I got overwhelmed with one of the most brutal cases of the munchies that I've had in my entire life and then when I laid down to go to sleep I started listening to this the the, the hamster on the on the treadmill at the center of the universe and started thinking thoughts like what if I forget how to breathe. And after that, after that, I began I began subdividing my CBD eight gummies, and I never ate a whole one again. Well, it has been stated that if the hybridization that has gone on in the marijuana industry had been done with watermelons, you would have watermelons in the market the size of a small house. I can believe that. Yeah, I mean, Grand Paul is down. What is that, Christopher? Tell me more. It, it's only four percent. I'm I'm on MSNBC, so I'm not even yeah, watching. Don't anything. don't don't get your hopes up too high. I'm well. I'm and that four percent is probably from a rather condensed city type precinct, Google, as opposed to uh, uh, yeah. rural precincts. Yeah. Don't get your and, hopes up. And cities but I, being, I wanted to take uh, a screenshot of that just for posterity. Well, yeah, but uh, and, but I mean, that, that's a that's a topic for discussion right there. Well, let me uh, let me do one thing. Yeah, Elmo, sure. Elmo uh, Emilio came in and posted. Ironically, yerba buena is Spanish for good herb, but that was spearmint. That was funny. <laughs> that's good. That's right. Now yerba yerba buena island is the island. <laughs> that has the tunnel that on the Bay Bridge that goes from San Francisco over to Oakland. Uh, it's where the tunnel goes through. That's Yerba Buena Island. And the big flat one that's out next to it is Treasure Island, which was built for the World's Fair of 1930-something? 1939. Yeah, because 36 was in New York City. So the 39 World's Fair. My parents used to talk about it all the time. They lived in Oakland then. So anyhow, Rand Paul is down. Good. Let's put him out. What I find interesting out of that, though, is that Kentucky Kentucky closes its polls this early? Or are they an early reporting state? I don't know. Well, let's see. Three hours. They might have uh, jumped the gun a little bit because my computer is telling me it's 3.59. So it's almost 7 o'clock in Kentucky. Well, uh, they've already – okay, but the, the thing is they're they're making declarations in Kentucky. Over on the House side, 
Oh, God, when is this, oh, this man, this horrible man, Hal Rogers, uh, has been declared the winner in Kentucky House District 5 over uh, uh, Hal Bleib. With not, uh, Hal Rogers has 80.1% of the vote with 3% in. He's already been declared the winner. Yeah, the gerrymanders. Uh, it, but, the, but the thing about this is fascinating. And I don't know how much COVID changed this, but pre-COVID, Hal Rogers and the guy who used to be my member of the House of Representatives, a Democrat by the name of Nick Rahal, went back and forth every year, year by year, being uh, either one or the other of the two districts would be the sickest single district in the United States. Mm. And now that now that we've lost a Congress critter, I'll bet that Hal Rogers just has Kentucky Five nailed down as the sickest single congressional district in the United States. And it's largely because one. that's that it's largely because that district is absolutely covered up in what? I mean, for people who've been listening to this program forever, we know the answer, right? Somebody say it. Cold dust. Mountain, oh, mountaintop removal. That's right. Um, There's Herschel. Too close to call. Uh-huh. Todd Young in Indiana. He did you get that? Get, he's got to find where he hid that uh, Raka tequila and get the swirly straw out. It's going to be a long Now, now see, Rand, Rand Paul's up to 45.7 now, according to MSNBC. Yeah, it's, it is a shame because Charles Booker was an excellent candidate. And it's just a crying damn shame that the Democrats didn't put any money into that. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think they, they, could have, they could have made a difference there. And if there was a senator out there to, to – to, to, if there was a pelt to be taken and, net and tacked onto the wall – it's that thing on Rand Paul's head. Uh-huh. Well, didn't he come out saying that Social Security needs to be dealt with? Of course. Oh, he's yeah, been so on board I, for that forever. But how the hell could any, any person over the age of about 55 and clearly over 65 even consider voting for one of those assholes? Who wants to take Social Security away? Well, but see, Rand Paul loves the little fetuses. He's fiscal conservative. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're over 55, 65, you're hoping that you might be able to stay alive long enough to enjoy some of those little fetuses as grandchildren. And he's got every... Your point point is well taken, but you have to to understand... How they think. Because, see, the thing is, they are over 55, over 65, and that means they're a little prone, a little more prone to hearing the bat wings fluttering by their ears, and they're thinking about, yeah, they'd like to meet the little fetuses, but they don't want, they don't want Jesus to pinch their heads off and toss them into hell for the little imps to use as a soccer ball because they voted for somebody who supports abortion. Baby killers. Well, the other side of it is if the Republicans do this, they're going to do it the exact same way that they fucked over Social Security back between 83 and 85. Well, and that is – They're going to privatize it oh, no, no, Well, but now wait a minute. 
they're going to work out some kind of an agreement with the Democrats that it won't affect anybody over the age of 55. It will be yeah. preserved for those people over 55. And what pisses me off about that one is I don't know how many members of the House and Senate, proportionally, I know it's very little, <clears throat> that are still in office 10 years from when any particular decision was made. We know there are a few, like Nancy Pelosi and uh, the McConnell and Lindsey and Joe Manchin and a few others. But the vast majority of people in Congress don't last 10 years. So whatever they do, it hasn't affected anybody for 10 years. Somebody has to be 54. 10 years later, they're 64 looking to draw Social Security. But the person who fucked them over is no longer in office, so they can't vote against them. They've already been tossed. Oh, Charlie Crist is up? Yeah, well, that's in Broward County. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah, Broward County. Broward County. It's nothing new. Tom DeLay rat-fucked Medicare. Uh, hadn't been too yeah. awful Steve! long ago. Uh, hello, Robin. I still remember screaming at the TV as he held the floor open. It was until like 4.30 in the morning going around arm-twisting. And, and passing out checks. Handing out checks, yep. right? Yeah. Yes, handing out checks. We've watched this movie play before, and don't think that you know they won't pull their shenanigans again. Oh, I you mean, know, we've said it. They we've want said it. it. They want it. You know, it's a big tranche of money. They want it. Well, they could put it on the roulette wheel on Wall Street and say black, no red. Oh, oh damn it! Came up green. Yeah, did They're George entitled Bush to all that money. Yeah, the, the, uh, Bush the, the Jr. Better. tried to uh, put it all into Wall Street, and everybody pitched such a fit, he had to let that go. Well, it was, what, um, maybe December 2004 when he said, <laughs> he just won re-election. It got me some political capital, <laughs> and I'm going to spend it. We're going to prioritize Social Security. <laughs> he was just too upfront about it. They've learned. Well, he said the quiet, he said, he said the quiet part out loud, but here's the thing. Guess what helped stop that shit? The filibuster. Yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. We know what Moscow Mitch will do if, you know, if everything goes their way in the next couple of years. I guarantee you he will get rid of that filibuster oh, in a heartbeat. The, it'll go the way of the dodo bird. Oh, hell yeah. To eliminate Medicare, Medicaid, mm -hmm. Social Security, and... And, um, and they'll do it you know, reconciliation. abortion federally. Yeah, these fuckers are just crooked, man. Absolutely. Oh, and I, I have to, I have to send out thank you, thank you to uh, Vincent, thank you, Vincent, out in uh, out in Arizona. Uh, uh, Vincent just jumped in, and the challenges are all met, and we are twenty bucks toward uh, today's fundraising goal. So we got two hundred and eighty bucks to go in uh, about fifty minutes' time. And this conversation has flown by, by the way. I mean, it, but thank you, Vincent. Thank you so much. Uh, both uh, uh, both Darlene's Beaver Moon Rising Challenge and uh, Tracy's Temecula Challenge have been met. Yeah, I heard the giggle at Beaver Moon Rising, Steve. 
I, all I, I can think of is, is yeah. naked gun. That's the only thing. Whenever you say that, <laughs> nice beaver. Wanted to give kudos to Roger and his teaching abilities. I learned more tonight. Yeah, that was that was that was just cool. Consuming all the Ed Rosenthal books back in the day, you know. I mean, you could tell Roger was a school teacher. Still comes out. Yeah, guy in the house. Yeah, and 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 uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I never I never dreamed that it was so labor intensive. So I just got a notification. Polls have closed. Of course, Steve, you know this. Uh, polls have closed in uh, Georgia Stan. Let the counting begin. Uh, Ohio, the polls are closed. No, polls have closed in Georgia. Ohio and North Carolina are next. Uh, one survey shows that voters saw the economy as their top issue. Yeah, because the Republicans are going to bring down the the price of gas. Really? And I thought that was an interesting take you had on Howard Stern and Herschel Walker earlier, Robin. Uh, to me, it wouldn't affect me because I'm from Baltimore, so I'm used to people talking. Like but you, that, but you but know? you, yeah, I know. But you live down there. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, well, it's yeah, well, it's a true. A point. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an old gag, and it's not. It's actually more serious than it's given credit for being. There are, you know, down south they'll tell you there are three kinds of Yankees, and they still use the word. So, don't hate. There's Yankees, and there and that's them people that live up there. Damn Yankees. Them people that live up down up there and come down here and visit and go back up there, and goddamn Yankees, which is them people that live up there and come down here and start telling and and, and start telling us we need to make New England boiled dinners. And what is grits? Won't leave. Won't leave. Yeah, yeah. come down and stay. <laughs> well, what was funny was listening to that uh, bit you played on Stephanie Miller this morning. And they beeped so many times, it sounded like an orchestra going off on her show. Because they had to take Yeah, because they the can't fuck. play the fun words. Yeah. Mm-mm. But one of her sidekicks there said, you know, he had to go through it two or three times, make sure he got them all <laughs> before yeah. they played it. Well, I, anyway, I, got up, go ahead. I got up super early this morning at about 1 o'clock and went out and looked at the moon and saw the corner of it starting to get turned color and crawled back into bed and got back up yeah you saw the, yeah you, the you, yeah you saw it starting to turn color and thought well i'm good till 2394 no 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 it's 2390 that's 2025 gonna see another one but anyhow uh, then i get what came out it was just almost black with a little red tinge on the side decided i wasn't going back to bed anymore went back in the house for a half hour the fog rolled in and i never saw any more of it so it was pretty what I saw. As long as there's not a giant Q on the moon, I'm happy. <laughs> okay, Amelia. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I just want to know who's going to be in charge of like keeping the child leash on Herschel so he doesn't run into street traffic. Oh, I could get myself in so much trouble with it. Yeah. It, woe betide the person who buys Herschel a pair of shoes that has actual shoelaces. 
Just hope he doesn't win. Jesus. Nah, he's got the he's got those step in sketchers. You know it. Last I checked, he was three points down in the polls. But you can't believe the polls anymore. So just, all you got to do is bite your nails and hope for the best. Well, that thing I I posted earlier about the uh, number of. Uh, what was it the the youth, young, particularly female, uh, and the amount they're voting and all that? Since all the polling people used the data from the previous election, yeah, they didn't ask them. They didn't ask them. And besides that, how many of those people have a landline telephone? None of them. They're all on cell phones. And how many of them never answer a telephone call unless it's already in their contacts? A lot of them. So how do you poll them? Yeah, especially now when 90% of your calls are spam calls. They're either trying to rip you off, telling you they got your Amazon account, or you, you know some bank you've never even dealt with has got your information. You need to call them. I mean, I don't answer any of that shit. Who does? No, I mean, that's what the button on the side of your phone is for. You know what I call that? Yeah. You know what I call that button, Steve? That's the cornfield button. <laughs> Just press it once. Boop. Off to the cornfield. Oh, yes. I don't have time for your silliness right now. I'm busy. Just, you know, then, you know, say, say a little, say a little prayer for Billy Moomy and just cornfield. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> and I see that uh, counties in Florida, I wonder, well, I mean, it's not having any impact, I guess, on turnout today. But um, there are calls for uh, uh, evacuations in Florida from Nicole. The cone of uncertainty is narrowed, and now it looks like uh, a landfall will probably happen somewhere around Melbourne. Uh, so Miami Dade and Broward are out of the cone of uncertainty. But the wind field is the size of the entire state of Florida. And remember, bless her heart, uh, uh, Tiffany Cross said, Florida, the penis of America. Yep. And uh, so now it looks like the cone of uncertainty is kind of pointed right at the area nearest, what is that, Lake Okeechobee? And... uh, Wow, I'm I'm not I'm not no I'm not going to be that girl, I'm not going to say that. But, um, well, uh, let me put it the way Miss Terry put it yesterday. She said, you know, if there was a blue state out there that was busting its ass to take care of marginalized communities and kids at risk, and they got whacked by one hurricane after another in the same season. All the religious goonies would be out there saying, "See, it's because they're because of the trans kids. They're not. They're not. They're they're letting the kids be transed in their schools with their litter boxes." But nobody's out there saying, "You know, uh, Florida's been shitting on the entire LGBTQ community." And Jesus said, "You know, if you've done it under the least of these, you've done it also unto me." Maybe y'all might want to think about the think about not shitting on so many people just because you can. But no, no, no. And uh, the other the other story that I saw that I wanted to uh, bring to our attention, you know, I mentioned some squirreliness in Michigan and 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 
Ohio and Louisiana and uh, North Carolina uh, check-in. North Carolina Board of Elections says that people are reporting uh, harassment and intimidation at polling locations there. Uh, New Hanover, North Carolina, kids were walking from class to a voting site, students, and and an observer uh, angrily confronted them. Uh, They were following one-stop workers. One observer was in Columbus County and taking photographs and recording video of them. Uh, Karen Brinson Bell, the executive director of the board, said, "Uh, We did have a situation in another county where a one-stop worker was followed from the voting site to the elections office and then followed to their home. This is possibly the most egregious situation that we've had at this point in time, but none of this is okay. We want civility. We want people to be able to cast their ballot without fear of intimidation or interference. Um... The DOJ is monitoring in Columbus and Hartnett Harnett counties, Alamance County, Mecklenburg County, and Wayne County uh, to make sure that North Carolina doesn't go back to its uh, former ways. Um, and Ron and Raleigh pointed something out to me a little bit ago. This was a uh, this was a dandy. Uh, my favorite voting story. Ron said, "A woman whose spouse is in the Navy." went to the post office to mail her absentee ballot back home. The postal employee refused to accept her ballot, telling her that he could refuse service to anyone. Just when I thought this shit couldn't get more stupid, says Ron and Raleigh, it does. And uh, thank you. I don't, Steve might correct me on this, but I'm not sure a postal employee can refuse service to anybody. Uh, Steve or, or, or Kevin, if Kevin's there. Kevin's been quiet. And Steve's AO. Now, Kevin skedaddled, and I was in the um, kitchen. But uh, I both, no, you can't. You can't refuse service. So he's way out of line, and he could lose his situation. Well, now, I can, I can understand a post office employee if somebody comes in stumbling down drunk and is speaking incoherently that the postal worker could say, hey, why don't you take it outside before you puke on my counter kind of situation. But for somebody to come in and submit a ballot, I would find that incredibly against all kinds of civil rights re- legislation. I would think so, too. Oh, and I have some thank yous. Uh, Thank you to Jude. Jude says, uh, donating for those currently engaging on the horn, engaging in verbal dialogue, listening and emailing from women standing. Thank you. Thank you. And that gets us us down for for today down to 255 bucks. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much, Jude, and women standing. Uh, meanwhile, Ron and Raleigh says uh, the man who shot his neighbor uh, looks like a person who would shoot his neighbor. You know, one of those oppressed white men. Yeah, I saw the picture because he thought his neighbor was a Democrat. That's all. And I don't want to hear about it. And again, I said what I said. I don't want to hear about him being crazy. 
not when not when this stochastic terrorism has been flowing like a damn sewer for years out of the Republican Party, along with their diehard conviction that every I mean, if he's crazy, how'd he get the gun? Because it's illegal to sell a gun to a crazy person. And I don't even like using the word crazy. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's your civic duty to go out and kill, uh, shoot Democrats. Well, that's they, they, they practically said that, Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. Uh, Peter Welch has won election to the U.S. Senate from Vermont, uh, according to uh, early results. So he will replace Pat Leahy. And uh, uh, Sparky just posted in the chat room as of today, the January 6th committee interviewed today, a note yesterday, uh, the driver of Nitwit Nero's presidential vehicle, uh, the one that, that, you know, this is the guy that, you know, turn around, go back, I want to go to the Capitol, I want to go there, take me now, I'm the fucking president. Ugh. And we're now down to 250 bucks. Thank you so much, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Christopher, uh, Christopher just uh, said filling in the five. It makes the ciphering so much easier. Thank you, Christopher. So, Florida looks interesting. Demings is holding her on. I hope so. I mean, I, I, I want her to. I, she'd she'd make a much better Senate than that uh, tin pot, Bible thumping, Bible tweeting, horseshit artist uh, Marco. 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 Yeah. Marco. Seventy. 72% in, Deming's down by approximately 2.5%. Oh. They must, they must have just updated. But Warnock, uh, with 10% in, is at 67.5 to Herschel 31.1. Yeah, it's probably a whole bunch of Fulton County, unless Steve tells me otherwise. Wow. Oh, God. And Steve, by the way, are you, are, are you, the, are you there, Steve? Oh, I got Karen on one ear, and I'm trying to listen to Skype on the other. Oh, okay. I just, do you think this is going to go to a runoff? Uh, hold on. All right. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Um, yeah, more than likely, yes, because you have to get, um, what is it, 50% plus one vote in order yeah, to. Yeah, um, Warnock is ahead all by over, he has over 50 right now. Yeah, but that's only 10% Great. in. Right? Yeah. Well, look. But my que- I guess my question is, um, how many libertarian Lulus, et cetera, were on the ballot uh, besides Warnock and Walker? Just one libertarian. One. And he only had like 1.2% of the vote. Was there, was there a Greeniac or anything? No. And if no, I had three- my druthers, I would much rather see the libertarian than um, – Walker, you know, I mean, that's how terrible Walker is. At least the libertarian guy could put a sentence together. 
you know. Well, I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping the Libertarian will be enough to siphon away uh, enough votes to get uh, Reverend Warnock over the fifty percent plus one vote threshold. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Let's hope so. It's it's just going to be a long night. And I I just my nerves can't take it. I can't. Could sit be a up long few days. In the morning, you know, watch. Yeah, it could be. Well, I'm sure not Palin wins again. I don't think she's going to though. Who? Palin. Uh, I doubt it. I don't. I don't see her winning. I don't think so. I think they hate her guts in Alaska. Well, the that special election where it was instant runoff voting and put the first uh, native Alaskan in over her, and that was you know what just three months ago. Something, something like to be really proud of. Those folks should be really proud of that. Yeah. If they kick her ass out like in three months, then it would be a horrible story. I, I I I don't think Sarah Palin's got much of a chance. I hope you're right. Same. I find it interesting though. I'm looking at the House results on the MSNBC uh, map. The only, I mean, I don't. I'm sure it's only a coincidence. But the only races that are being called already are all incumbent Republicans. Got to keep that horse race. Got to have the eyes, the advertisements. Shit, man. You know, it's all about Damn, Robin, don't you know nothing? (laughs) Dumb old girl. I didn't imply that, ma'am. He know better. Than that. <laughs> I know, I know. That's I just, insane. I just, I just think, I, I just, no, I just, I just think of Jethro Bodine looking at, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> looking at Ellie Mae going, dumb old girl cousin. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, this they, they want you to stay glued to the TV all night so they can sell uh, advertisements, get more for it. Yeah, well, the Cialis ads don't do anything for me anymore. <laughs> the boner pills, yeah. I, don't, I haven't even seen those advertised anymore. You usually see, like, third-party doctors saying, you can get your boner pills here now without going through the aggravation of having to stand in line and being embarrassed. So but I haven't seen the actual pills. Send it directly to your mailbox in a plain yep. brown wrapper. Plain brown wrapper. Just do a video conference. Just like they used to do with your dirty magazines. <laughs> Go to a video conference with Dr. Smith and he will mail your pills right to you. Well, I tell you what, all, all kidding all kidding aside, uh, it's weird that it turned out this way because I've been looking at the clock and this time exactly a year ago was an absolutely hairy time in my life, our lives, because I think, uh, let's see, Annette and I got into the apartment at about three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. Then we had to turn around and go blazing out to Wally World to lay in supplies for, uh, you know, while I was going to be convalescent. And it was probably not much later than this that uh, I had my last meal. And we had, uh, we had DoorDash delivery of Japanese, and I think I had... Uh, I had some ramen, and I forget what she had. Um, and I think I was, by, by about this time, I was getting a little nervous. And uh, because, you know, surgery was scheduled for the next morning. 
So tomorrow, tomorrow is a big day. Tomorrow is one year. And I'm absolutely amazed. Um, and there's, there's, she took video of me walking back, you know, never to be seen again. Goodbye, Bob. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's probably grimacing in the next room right now. Uh, but, uh, it, what a huge, you know, what a huge change for, from from being ner- from being nervous about life changing surgery to being nervous about a life changing election. Oddly enough, I felt a little bit more confidence last year than I do right now. Flavio uh, says, "I am not watching Steve Kornacki. I hate horse race coverage." You get whiplash watching his ass. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, and and you know all the. They, the, the, the swoosh swoosh with the maps and the buttons and the, just tell me who's winning just, just do that but again that's not good for business uh, fucking Rand Paul they say projected winner well, yeah, but we knew right yeah 53 to 46 imagine if the democratic he party he only has so many neighbors you know yeah <laughs> But imagine if the Democratic Party had put any effort into that race. Right. And and I... Uh, Kentucky's a lost cause, though. I mean, look at Mitch. They keep re-electing that turtle bastard, so... What's the point? Oh, God. But the, the, thing, the, thing, the thing is, though, Kentucky and Ohio both, because that's been one of the huge talking points for Tim Ryan is that the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee and the DNC have just um, let him hang out to dry, Tim Ryan. Or at least that's the... uh... Now, this is an interesting one for Georgia. 1% in, Scott 45%, Matthews 54%, but they're projecting Scott to be the winner for the Senate. For Georgia? No, South Carolina. Oh, okay. South Carolina. I thought He's you said behind Georgia. by like seven points with 1% of the vote in, and they're projecting him to be the winner. And yet Warnock with 12% in at 60% against Walker at 38. He's still too close to call. Too close to call. <laughs> I mean, at what, yeah. point, at what point in time do you no. just – at what point in time do you just feel like you've been – you just you just paid your, bullshit. Well, you've just paid your quarter for this way to the egress. It's because South Carolina um, uh, counts the early voting after all the election day voting. That's what it is, and the numbers down there were massive this year. Massive. I think Georgia counts early voting afterwards as well. I'm not sure. I'd have to double check that. They used to. And early voting was huge. My God, I've never seen it that crowded. We went the first Monday when early voting was available. I've never seen such a crowd for early voting. So read into that what you will. In fact, I think I even um, mentioned it previously. And about 30% of the people voting were masked. So read into that what you will. Yeah, that's interesting. 
after they did the gerrymandering, we were only like one seat ahead. If that makes any sense, it's going to be an uphill struggle, but not saying that it can't be done. But this well, even thing, if the like the dog that caught the car, maybe. Even if the Republicans do manage to get six seats in the House and three seats in the Senate, it would tell me that the historic loss for the incumbent is not nearly as big as it used to be. Yeah, but we need more judges. I mean, that's the thing. We got to hold the Senate, if nothing else. I mean, right. let, the, let the House... Let Kevin McCarthy and all the maggots let them fling poo all over the place for two years in the house. But God, whatever, what a shit you know. Show that'll be. Oh my God, Hunter Biden! Hunter Biden! They're gonna have to bring Scott. Yeah, you do. You do the singing. Day. You do the singing. <laughs> they're gonna investigate the January sixth committee too. They've already said they're gonna impeach Biden. That's already on the table. Of course, and ready they, for it. And, and, well, and, as Joe and Biden, Donnie, as Joe, uh, as Joe Biden said, "Impeach me for what?" That's what he said, and that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm 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 loving the concept of Dark Brandon. I don't know if you've run across the Dark Brandon memes, but they're good. You know, with the with the you know with the blazing you know the blazing fires in his eyes. Right. Impeach me for what? Because my son's an asshole. Okay, fine. Whatever. And I just checked on. Uh, uh, I just checked on the uh, West Virginia uh, uh, Secretary of State page. Now we've had lots of early voting and uh, polls closed at seven thirty. But somehow or another, the Secretary of State isn't. And you know, there's no project. Nobody's paying attention. But I am uh, really curious to see how things do turn out. I don't think. You know, we're not going to get well this time through, and we're going to be a while getting well as it is, but there's Carol Crazy Cat Cat Lady Miller, who always votes like Jesus tells her, but Jesus always tells her to vote Republican, which makes me think it's probably not Jesus that's talking to her. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, thank you, Cynthia. Cynthia in the Bay Area says, uh, congratulations on your first birthday, Robin. And when the bastards round us up to execute us, however they do it, at least we both get to die in the right body. There's a cheery thought. Oh, my, well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I'm just a bundle full of it this evening. Uh, Y'all got a touch of that negative undertone. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's been, and I don't think there's going to be any let up between now and 2024, but it, it, for, for, for people like Cynthia and me um, and, and others, in our community, I think about Miss Terry, and uh, it takes a toll. You know, just being constantly the, the constantly the target of 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 institutionalized hatred when you know you've never done anything to anybody. And yeah, but it's a big win for them, you know, Robin. Now look, I mean, it's working for them. The CRT bullshit. Right. It fucking works. It fucking because they're brainless. <laughs> Their constituency is completely yeah. brainless. And they appeal to the lowest common denominator when it comes to the intelligence pool. 
Well, well, well they, 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 the, the larger point, Steve, is that they appeal to hate. Yes. Mm -hmm. And hate is a profound and powerful motivator. Yeah, well, well Hitler knew that. Right? I hate to play the Hitler card, but it, yeah. it's there. Play well, it. I mean, it, when they're in the playbook. Yeah. Well, and here and here's the other thing about the attacks on the trans community. Um, it, it's just it feeds into the whole war on science narrative. Well, I mean, sure, and it's it, but but it, but it all you know, one of the one of the things that I have one of the things that I've been hammering on is that uh, a lot of this, uh, you know, they're, they're they like the the drag queen business. That's they're they're, they're and and the not the atne ute ait bray if you one what I in may for-profit media uh, characterizes it as, as an attack on the trans community, but the number of trans people who are drag queens is actually minuscule. The drag queen attack is an attack on the gay male community in large part. And, you know, gay guys will tell you this, but I don't know why we haven't been able to get that out there into the narrative. Because when they hear trans, they think automatically gay. When the, when a large majority of trans people oh yeah yeah a person who was a dear friend of mine talking about trans kids said, well why can't they just be gay till they turn 18 try explaining that to one of these georgia good old boys they end up beating your head against the wall they they don't you know, oh but i i wanted to eat dirt and run rabbits and put and and, and put onions in my sock and, and drink a pint of pee pee when i heard that why can't they just be gay and, and you know i said Gay and trans is not the same thing. It's not even, well, it kind of is. No, it fucking isn't. It's not even in the same ballpark, man. Jesus. It's not even in the same stratosphere. No. What you should do is ask them how many of the disciples were gay versus trans. And I had a conversation with a friend who's like, oh, you damn Democrats, you're all going to vote. I looked at him and said, you just don't fucking get it. And he knows about me. Openly knows. Him and his wife know. I said, sure. You vote and say you don't support the shit that you, some of these people do, but you said you like Ted Cruz. He sure as fuck does support this kind of shit. I said, so you saying you don't support it is bullshit until you start voting that way. He's a monster. Ted Cruz is a monster. What, what is there to like about Ted Cruz? Oh, because he wants to vote God. term limits. That's his saving grace. <laughs> oh, term limits. Term limits. Oh, That's fuck me. He was just down supporting a guy who's going after trans kids last week. Fuck him. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote and steal Tom Hartman's line. We have or we already have term limits. They're called fucking elections. Yeah, I've only been arguing that for twenty years, and that's why I've said a long time uh, for for a long time one of the greatest mistakes this country ever made was term limiting the presidency. Yes, there was no good reason to do it, except for the Obama fact that the Republican Party president. was the Republican Party was butthurt from having their ass handed to them by uh, by a dude in a wheelchair four times. Obama would still be president. I absolutely guarantee that. No question about it. And, and right, and Barack Obama, you know, Barack Obama would have had, we talked about this last night, Darlene said he would have, you know, he would have had to talk Michelle into it. Oh, right. But yeah, he could have, he, are you kidding? He would have. Jesus, and and I, I wish, and and this is why we're putting. You know, thank God we go, we term limited the president or Barack Obama, the Kenyan Muslim usurper would still that would still be president. 
Yeah, we wouldn't have a million dead from COVID. Well, there's that. I mean, kind of hard to overlook it. And neither one of his girls would have gotten $2 billion for their investment company. Well, I mean, there's, and, and then there's, you know, there's always, there's always precious princess I wank him a daddy Trump Kushner. How many, how many well, Chinese patents does she hold? Yeah. I don't know. But you wonder what happened to some of the documents that uh, 45 oh, yeah. sold? <laughs> yeah. And wondering what he's, if he was going to sell them? What do you mean, if? Right. They're, they're, they're hanging in on Mohammed bin Bonesaw's wall. Yeah, yeah. A bunch that's of where them Gerald. That's where Jared got his two billion dollars. Come yes, on, yes, of course. Doesn't take a fucking genius to see that. No, no. I mean, I ain't that good at ciphering, but I can figure that out. I've watched a lot of forensic files. I can figure that out. And why would you bury a cremated urn six foot deep? Yeah, something. Unless you're hiding. Something. <laughs> The weekend. <laughs> wait a minute. I get to wait. 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 I get to do my Elvis impression. No. Now. And we won't know until she gets dug up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Is Jimmy Hoffa buried right next to her? Oh, no. tough crowd. At least I got a giggle out of Steve. <laughs> hey, I laughed. No, you, you bury it the week before the Saudis are coming. To revamp the golf course for a golf tournament. So they're going to have all kinds of equipment on the golf course. And if the coffin's been there for a week and it gets dug up and put back down, nobody's going to notice the dirt. And if there were any papers in that coffin, they were dug up and gone within that week. Because she's been dug up. Oh. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. In several places that Trump took all those documents with the belief that he could use them to trade them for the Russian investigation documentation. He wanted it all taken out of the archives. Oh, Jesus. Well, you know now that he is uh, making sort of threatening grunting noises toward monkey up DeClantis, right? That was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love and, watching that. And he's also threatening to lock up reporters, too, if he, if he gets elected. Talking about Ron Monkey up DeClantis, Nitwit Nero said on his plane the other night. What's that pet name for him, Robin? I can't think of it. It's, uh, oh, uh, he's got a well, nickname go ahead, for him already. Yeah, yeah I forgot. Does. Yeah, it's uh, a good but, one, too. Uh, I know more about him than anybody. <laughs> Was it discombobulated? No, that's not it. It's dis something. It's, uh, here, let me look it up. If he runs, he runs. If he did run, I'll tell you things about him that won't be very flattering. I know more about him than anybody other than perhaps his wife, who's really running his campaign. See, that's a deep insult for him. Uh, it, 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 that's, that's, that's emasculatory. That's saying that, well, Monkey Up isn't man enough to run his own campaign. De-sacumonious. Yeah, yeah Ron de-sanctimonious. It's good. It's good. I gotta give. He didn't. No, nah, he didn't come up with that. Cowbell. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dimwit Domitian does not get a cowbell for that because that is way too big a. That's way too big a word for him to have ever come up with by himself. Sanctimonious. 
Uh, didn't Roger Stone get pissed off over all that? Or good. Big bag of rats. Fight, fight, fight. I love it. I love it. Uh, hopefully, uh, so, something else I've fun. gotten into is I've been hearing these advertisements for Rachel Maddow Presents Ultra. So I've listened to the first three. Um, I, highly rec- I highly yeah. recommend them because what she's doing without saying it, but the programs are revolving around the fascist Nazi Germany influence at the World War II era or pre-World War II era of here in the United States and the complicity of the federal government or people in the federal government, like senators and members of the House and that kind of thing, um, and some uh, the silver shirts uh, being compared to the brown shirts of the Nazis and the black shirts of Mussolini. Um, and she doesn't come out and say, hey, this is what's happening right now in the United States. But the way she's presenting it is this is what's going on or what went on pre-World War II with foreign influence into the United States and how it was going mainstream in the United States and leaves it at that and is allowing you to draw your own conclusions. Um, The first three, uh, come on, where is it here? Um, Was sitting members of Congress aiding and abetting a plot to overthrow the government with insurrectionists criminally charged with plotting to end American democracy for good. And the second one has sitting members of Congress aiding and abetting a plot to overthrow the government. Oh, that's that's the same as – that's the play trailer, and that's the first one. Uh, then the other one is a tragic Curiosity airplane crash, uh, commercial airliner in the summer of 1940 that uh, – killed a, a sitting member of the Senate and the speech somehow survived the crash and the speech was written by a Nazi speechwriter. And the second one uh, was the calling or a creation, a creation of a militia with armed Americans willing to use violence to get their way and how they were planning. And it, it's sort of a parallel to the Proud Boys and that kind of thing with these cells all around the country who were just waiting the word to to get violent. And episode three is dealing with an explosion through a munitions plant in a small New Jersey town. And then a couple of weeks later, there were like 13 of them uh, that went off all at once all around the country. And this was after the federal government had been warned about such an attack and they didn't do anything. Um, and I've, I've only listened to those three, but if you've got nothing else to do some evening and they, they run anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes, um, and they're Rachel Maddow does her fucking research. Let me put it that way. Um, I find them to be very interesting and worthwhile. Now that I figured out how to get my bedside radio to play off the Bluetooth, because I can't figure out how to download something from Podbean and save it onto my phone so I can listen to it while I'm working down at the kids' farm, 
Um, and I, the other kid doesn't want me to use too much of his data plan. So I have to do them at night, but anyhow, I highly recommend them at least the first three. Well, she does her research and so does her team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a team 30, effort, right? obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's break that a minute, a moment, just before I know there's only two minutes left. Why would Trump call out Ron DeClanis? Is, is he feel because he's scared to death of him. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, he knows that if. You know, DeClaris beats him in a primary, then he's subject to get thrown in the hoot scout. But we've been saying that all along. And well, hold happened. on, hold on, Steve. I got a, I got a different scenario for you. Yep. What if he runs in the primary and then turns around and runs as an independent in the general, even if he loses the prime, the Republican primary? That's interesting. So you think Trump would run as an independent? No, DeSantis. DeSantis, okay. No, no, Nitwit Nero. Nitwit Nero. So I had it right then. Yeah. You know? But there's nothing independent about him, though. I mean, he's so far right, he's off the charts. But either way, it would definitely split the Republican vote, and the Democratic candidate would end up Just being the walk president. walk-in. <laughs> it would be a walk-in. I'm not saying it'll be as bad a defeat as – was it Nixon against McGovern? Yeah, that was a walkover. Uh, yeah, uh, Ross Perot. But, but I got, I got, I just saw but, one story uh, saying that Nitwit Nero is wringing his hands uh, and 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 galumphing and burbling uh, with distress at how well DeClantis is doing in the governor's race because that's one of you know that was going to be one of his fallback one of his fallback arguments. Look, he barely won Florida. How can he win America? Believe me. Who's he going against that Chris Chris guy, isn't it? Charlie Chris? Yeah, Charlie Chris. Uh-huh. Well, we Actual knew that was going to be a blowout. I mean, I, I didn't even bother to look at that. Florida's just, it is what it looks like, you know? I don't have to spell that out. <laughs> Well, I mean, Florida always has looked like a penis that's got the clap. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the keys are the dribble. Yeah. <laughs> and with and with sea rise, it's going to be a major shrinkage. Yeah. <laughs> shrinkage. Well, it. Hey, that How shrinkage for that one, Robin? The clap. Oh yes. <laughs> and I didn't get a cowbell for the dribble. Well, you should, yeah, and for you, the singing too. Well, thank jump. you, Steve. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, we gotta laugh. The fair sanity. I mean, I know. Yeah. What else can we do? Laughter is good medicine. Sit here and just stare at the TV and Steve Karnacki giving you whiplash all night, or just wake up in the morning and hope for the best. I'm gonna. I choose Plan B. Steve, I hope you still kept that. Rock a tequila around with the swirly straw. Open somewhere I, with the back cabinet. Somewhere. I've got you something here somewhere. You know me, yeah. Chris. I'm never uh, in the man. Uh huh. Hell, look where I live. 
And by the way, Flavio says we should all be scared to death of DeClantis. He'd be Trump with the advantage of an evil intelligence. Yeah, I know. That's true. He's Flavio not a stupid man. He's not, you know, no. He can and speak I'm, stupid. That's I don't think thing. Trump is stupid either. And he's not super intelligent. He's crafty and weaselly. He's crazy. Like he's not as else. stupid as everybody who follows him. Uh-uh. I'll, he's smarter than your average maggot. Yes, absolutely. He knows but, how to game the courts and all that. He's got that down to a, an art. Well, his daddy well, should have learned it at his daddy's knee. And Ron mm. Cohn, right? I mean, he learned he learned that from all those fucking bastards. I mean, he has a certain street smart. He has that you know hustling kind of ability. He, he yeah, those kind of things. If anybody else, any one of us, would have done one tenth of what Trump has pulled off, we'd be in jail. It, you know, lights out. And here he is, a presidential contender. And just in case any of you are curious, we had four constitutional amendments on the ballot here in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Republicans desperately, and, and it made for an interesting argument, uh, an interesting contest. You know, make West Virginia great big old Jim, Governor Jim Justice. You know, it went, has been going around the state uh, for a couple of weeks saying, in no way, shape, form, or fashion do I want uh, Amendment 2 to win. I got a different plan. And so he's actually campaigning against an amendment that's proposed by the Republican Party leadership. That's interesting. Uh, we had an amendment for to allow the incorporation of churches or religious denominations. And still keep their tax-free status? Bingo. Uh, we had an amendment to clarify the judiciary's role in impeachment proceedings so that the state Supreme Court can't uh, offer an opinion if the legislature decides to uh, impeach somebody. And then we had the Education education Accountability Amendment, which basically would have taken all power away from the local boards of education and just turned the state legislature into the state board of education. And if that thing passes, we are going to be up to our eyeballs in potty politics again. Oh, no. God. And here's a scary thought. The long game is they won a constitutional convention, and they're, they got the numbers to get it. They're, they are terrifyingly close. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, democracy as as we know it, it's going to be gone. I hate to be such a little fucking ray of sunshine, but it, it is what it is. Oh, we finally have, at least on the MSNBC board, uh, we finally have three little bitty Democratic incumbents reelected to the House. Not too close to call. <laughs> they were probably shoe-ins to begin with. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Nadler is that one of them. <laughs> and we'll all be waiting to see if Governor Hee-Haw Meemaw, which is because he gets returned to the governor's mansion down on in, in, in Alabama. Thing is, she's sick. I don't mean, like, sick in the head. She is. But she's kind of she's kind of gone all... Soviet leader for a while, you know, not been in, 
Well, the, the she's spending time at her dasha in 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 the mountains. <laughs> History does have a way of repeating itself, doesn't it? Sometimes it rhymes even in Russian. <laughs> So what, what's wrong with Governor Meemaw? Do we know or? I uh, don't know, but she hadn't. Uh, she she was uh, out of sight for a while. I don't know if she came back on, but uh, let's see if there's any recent headlines on her. Oh, it, did she ever have the COVID? I don't remember. I don't know. Well, as, as it's all as fun as it's all been. I've just been. I've got called off, so. I'll see you folks on Friday. Hey, Roger, you were a wealth of information. Thank you so much yeah, this Roger, evening. Thanks, brother. It was well, very enlightening. I don't mind sharing what I know, but if I don't know something, I definitely won't talk about it. So, anyhow, you folks take care. The wife's giving me the the evil yeah, eye. Yeah, so Karen's giving me the snake eye, too. I got to ski. So, uh, I guess I better get out of here. Good night, Roger and Steve. You have a wonderful evening. Say hi to Miss Karen for me. I, I will, Robin. Uh, great show tonight. Thanks for um, having the election night porch. So take our mind off of the nerve-wracking events. Yeah, now we can just go and sit and obsessive-compulsively refresh our screens. You know, and just I'm not doing that. I think I'm going to watch a Tarantino movie and just try to forget about it until in the morning. Well, it, I'm not going to have any trouble falling asleep this evening. It's just, yeah. Well, what can you do? We've done everything we can do. I mean, it's out of our hands now. Uh, let's see. They're projecting uh, Mike DeWino has won. They're projecting. Get the, okay, we were talking. Oh, my God. 16% of the vote in, in Ohio. Nan Whaley is, uh, and, and uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 15% of the vote in in Ohio. Nan Whaley has 50%. Mike DeWino has 50%. And they're projecting DeWino wins, even though he just fell to 49.9%. How's it possible? How about Cheese Grassley? Where, where is he at? Uh, let's see. Senate result. Uh they're not going to say anything about Iowa because the polls don't close until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Too early. Too early. All right. Well, I hope everybody has a great night. And um, thanks for including me in the Porsche, Robin. You have a great night. Oh, it's too. always a joy. Thanks for coming by, Steve. I really appreciate sure. you. Sure. I appreciate you all, too. And we'll do it again. Yep. Back on Friday. Yep. Bye, you all. Later. And that's going to wrap things up with uh, me as well. Um. We will we end the program at two hundred and fifty dollars to go fundraising for this evening. So tomorrow's going to be five fifty, and hopefully we'll get there. Uh, Jude says, "Great night on the horn." From my perspective, thank you all. Thank you, Jude, and thanks for helping out this evening. Uh, thanks to. Uh, uh, our all-volunteer staff this evening, thank you to Sparky and Steve and Roger in the chat room and in the uh, old holler tree. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. We need them. Gosh, we need new subscribers. Uh, remember, uh, courtesy of our dear friend Zed and I, Ouija, every new $10 a month subscriber gets their first month subscription doubled 
courtesy of Zed, up to five new subscribers. And it seems like, uh, well, we lose them more than we gain them. And we need to, we need to gain because more than anything, I'd like to I'd like to figure out a way to grow uh, to, to to grow our community so more voices can be heard. Wouldn't that be great? But thank you to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to everybody who responded to the uh, challenges. Thank you so very much. Thanks to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks again to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask when you're around the great maggot unwashed and unvaccinated. Use your hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Keep your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, uh, of course... If somebody comes walking up to you on the sidewalk saying, Are you a Democrat? I think you're a Democrat. Avoid that maggot like the plague. Uh, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.